Hello and welcome to Your Aunties Could Never, a podcast for cool, sassy, sexy, rich aunties and uncles everywhere. And <laughs> um, where you'll come over and you'll hear no nonsense talkings. I'm Auntie Nana and I'm here with Auntie Shade. And we have an s- extra special guest with us today. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Auntie Nina today. Hi. <laughs> Nina Malone from Dope Black Moms. We are missing two, two aunties this week. Um, exactly. Auntie AK is at an award show in Grosvenor Square and Auntie Farah unfortunately has shoulder pain. She's just hurt her shoulder, which I had a couple of days ago as well. So maybe me and her have like caught something, but yeah, so... You never know, maybe one of them will pop in a little bit later, but it's the three of us and we're going to have a great show anyway. So ladies, how has your week been so far? I will say, because I'm in New York right now, guys. I want to, actually I'm not because it's messy, but well, I'll share some pictures on Instagram. But yeah, like I've had a bit of a lava to get here. So like I went, I, I thought I was all good with my COVID test and everything. Like I'm fully vaxxed. So I'm thinking, yeah, they, they want my kind there, right? No. <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> because, because I got the wrong COVID test apparently. So lucky enough, they rescheduled me to a flight at no extra cost and a nice seat and all that kind of stuff and got food vouchers and all that. That was lovely of them. But however, I was supposed to fly at 11 and I ended up flying at 6. Big freaking time difference. I was just hanging around the airport all day. What's that film? The guys are lost it. Like, he has no land anymore, has no country anymore. I can't remember, I think it was Tom Hanks or something. Terminal. Like, what's it called? The Terminal. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I felt like The Terminal. Just there, mates, hanging around in the airport all day. Yeah, and you I just got... Keeping you company. You kept you company. Say it again? You kept you company on WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The aunties did keep me company on the WhatsApp chat. Yeah, it was quite entertaining. So that was cool. But I was also worried that my battery's going to die. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I'm just there for a long time. But yeah, it was just a very long journey. But I'm here in New York. And yeah, I love it. I just remember, like, when I came from the airport and just seen all, like, like the shops and the buildings and the, just everything. I was just like, it just brings back so much memories and I really love it here. Yeah, and this is the beginning of my stay. So I'm going to really enjoy myself as much as possible. Pack it out. Oh, nice. lovely, lovely. Okay, Auntie Nina, anything special happened so far this week? No, not special, just drama. Just work has been tricky. Lots of COVID issues as well. Oh. Lots of COVID stuff just causing a lot of drama, paperwork, tears. So no just hard work I actually thought it was like it feels like Friday it feels do you know what I mean it feels the week feels so long that it's only Tuesday yeah sorry sorry yeah no I'm cool literally all that's happened has been the shoulder pain and that started on Sunday and I couldn't sleep so I actually watched the Oscars as it was happening through the um, British blacklist I was just following as they were posting things and it was my left shoulder arm area so being dramatic I was thinking maybe I'm having a heart attack so I'm there like trying to not wail or anything because also I was like if I'm gonna have a heart attack and it's not a heart attack I don't want the husband and the boys like being like scared so Uh I decided to just be on the sofa huddled up like maybe I'm having a heart attack like praying with God like all right just give me a little bit longer they're so small when how will they cope and then I just stayed awake and watched the Oscars 
then once the will thing happened, I was like, oh, it's so when your mind goes on elsewhere. So I'd, I'd forgotten about the pain and got dragged into that. But that was my little piece of dramatics for the week. Other than that, it's all good. And my shoulder was all right now. Yeah. Good. Yes. That's very good to hear. <laughs> It was all good. Okay, all right. So get your plates and your drinks and the show is about to begin. Obviously, we do not have Auntie Farah with us, so we don't have our three-round kind of warm-up game or a welcome to the family, but we will go straight into our first story, Auntie Sade, take it away. Unless you've been living under a rock, <laughs> you would. that's the only way you would not have heard about our first story, which is about the incident at the Oscars when Mr. Will Smith slapped <laughs> Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so it's so bizarre to see, even say it out loud. But this happened at the the Oscars on Sunday um, night for us. So just to give a little bit of a roundup, so Chris he was hosting the Oscars. He made a joke about Jada Will Smith's wife about basically saying that she could possibly be contender to play GI. Jane, who is a bald character, and obviously Jada, not obviously, but Jada is bald at the moment because she's suffering from alopecia. Usually what happens is when the comedian makes a joke, the host makes a joke, it pans to the audience, usually on the people that they're making a joke about. And Jada's face was like, I'm not feeling this one. Will was originally laughing, but I feel like, and this is my opinion, I feel like he was doing that whole like TV laugh. Um, and then he saw his wife's face and then he just switched. He just flip-moded and basically stormed up onto the stage and slapped Chris and then walked off and then came back to his seat and then proceeded to heckle him and tell him to shut shut his mouth or something and keep his wife's name out of his fucking mouth. That's what I think he said. Um, and every all of us were just like, what the fuck is going on? This happened. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Everyone was Lupita because we were just like almost <laughs> like paralyzed, but your eyes were just like darting. <laughs> What's going on? Like, oh, it felt very pantomime. But I wanted to know what you guys, what did you think? Do you think that Will is uh, right to receive some of the backlash that's happening at the moment? Do you think he's justified? Do you think he's just defending his wife? Also, do you think that there's been rumours that he might lose his Oscar that he won? So he went on later on in the night, he won Best Actor, Best Actor for yeah. um, playing Inkin Richard. So yeah, so what do you guys think? What are your thoughts on it? Have you recovered as well? <laughs> because it was all that everyone has been speaking about. So yeah, tell me your thoughts. Can, can I, I just clarify? Does yeah. Chris Brock know she has alopecia? He hasn't said. He okay. hasn't said. I would say it would be, in my opinion, I think he would be well versed in in what the status of Jada. He should know. He mm. should know. Obviously, yeah. if he didn't know, it's it, it's a crap joke. It's a crappy joke, regardless. But if he yeah. didn't know, and he's just coming for a career, that really upsets me because she's amazing. She's been mm -hmm. working for years. She has a credible career. In my day job, I see what she's doing with her production company, Westbrook. She's also got Red Table Talk. She's doing everything. And she's on a producer. She's a producer on the film that's just about to win the Oscar and has won and is like 
renowned film, right? King Richard, she's listed as a producer on that. So if, if you're coming for a career, that's crap. If you know about the alopecia and you're still coming for her, that's, I don't even have the words. That is, it makes me want to cry. That's inexcusable. It's inexcusable on top of black professional, on top of him doing his good hair film. Yeah. Just, that, that right. you know, you know, you know what it means to a black woman. Yeah. You, you know what that means, hair. You know what it means to us. So to go and call it, and also that family are just about to go on and celebrate for King Richard. It was, we all knew he was going to win. Yeah. Because again, as a black creative, as a black professional to another black professional family, why are you coming for them anyway? There's, there's no need. We should be celebrating and uplifting them. This is a massive moment for Will Smith. It's a massive moment for us in history. There was no need to even highlight the family. Like they were just, they're just there as guests, knowing that they're probably going to win and knowing that Will was going to win. So I don't get it. I think it was actually quite lazy. You could have found, there's so many things you can talk about. There's so many more. He's a great comedian. There's so yeah. many other routes he could have gone down. Yeah. And to do that with all of that weight on it, I don't get it. And he, and I would like to, I, I hope he does know because he should know. We all know. He yeah. should know. And if he does know, it's just really sad. Do you think, but do you think that that's like your thoughts on what Chris done or what about what Will done? Do you think, yeah. you think Will's justified? Yeah. I think the part line, the party line is, we don't condone violence. <laughs> but <laughs> to see him get up there and defend his wife, yeah, I think it's I think it's amazing to see. And whatever Chris Rock's aim was, he specifically is coming for her, whether it's a career or her look, he's coming for her. And mm. it doesn't just doesn't need it's I don't get why. <laughs> There's just no need for it. So yeah, whilst of course we don't ever want to condone violence, I think it's amazing he defended her. He could have maybe defended her without hitting somebody. But but I think it's great. I think it's great he's defending her. I think it's it, it seems like we're always the butt of jokes, doesn't it, black women? It's yeah. just it's all tasteless. It's, it just annoys me. Again, everything he stands for, everything we're doing as a people and everything that family is doing, and, and especially that moment for that family on that night, mm. it's tainted. Every time we talk about it, the slap will come up. And it's sad. It's really sad. And it's not what we should be focusing on. We should be focusing on the win and celebrating that. I, I agree with everything you said. I would say, for me, I'm not going with the party line on the violence thing. I think Chris Rock deserves a slap. <laughs> for the, what he said about Jada at that moment. I think he deserves a slap for 2016, when yeah. there was the whole campaign at Oscars So Why and him making Jada the butt of the joke. And... As a black man, I think he actually should have stood in solidarity with all of the other black creatives that were like, it's not okay that we've been working and none of us are being represented in this whole list of all the creatives in there. Like, there's just no black representation. And there was very few representation of people of colour anyway in that year. But they found a black host to actually host it. And those are the tokenism things that's one thing, but then for him to make a joke about her, like Jada isn't even invited when she's been to so many, or she's been to more Oscars than he has. So it's that was disgusting and you had a field of white people laughing at her. He needed a slap for that. 
And then this on top of it, I think that was the rolling thing of, and this person is supposed to be proximity, a colleague, like they've worked together for years. So you may call him a loose friend. So 2016 was probably a shock. But going forward to this time, it's don't come for my wife again. No, I'm not having it. So he deserves a slap. He deserves a slap from all black people because we allowed him to get away with that in 2016 because bare people were dying in 2016 as well we probably forgot about the oscars so he deserved his slap for all of that and thank you to will for putting that forward that's that's the spin i'm putting on the slap. i don't really know what his reasonings are and i don't know if i fully believe that this isn't uh just a game like this wasn't fabricated but i don't really yeah, what, I, that emotion, him, him I, crying I, I, like that. I, I, I felt that anger through the screen. I was like, shit, he is going to kill that guy. Like, that is big. That, no? And I know, I know he's an actor. I know, I know. I know he's an actor. He's a fabulous actor, but it hurts it, how emotional he was. I felt I that. I, I'm, I am totally on the fence on this one, if it's real or not. I don't know. Because at the same time, this has been one of the best Oscars so viewership and then digital footprint it's like last year was one of their lowest and then lo and behold you have this year is one of their highest and yeah I don't know if I'm not to say that somebody in some room was like Will Smith is gonna slap Chris Rock or I don't know if it was made up that way but sometimes you can plant seeds so that something takes place and this something did take place and I'm still annoyed that it came off of the black of of, of black labor that this big mm-hmm. moment took place as well because mm-hmm. the only people that benefit are the oscars and that's the that pisses me off as well mm-hmm. but yeah. I, don't, well, I don't know if i totally agree with that last statement but i do agree with i think the smiths are undefeated basically yeah they are like a master class in how to do what the fuck you want to do at any point in time and get away with it. There's just no, they're, held, they're just not held to the same standard of, of, of accountability, to be honest. Not, and that's not to say I'm from South London. So really and truly, like, like seriously, as I put it on my story, chat shit get banged. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just as simple as that. And I just don't think, and I, you know what, I, I don't know that, might seem controversial to some people but it's literally what I I was brought up with that was the culture is if you're going to run your mouth you better be able to back it anytime any place like at the end of the day and that just I think that a lot of people we're in this kind of world where if you come back at someone it could be seen as bullying you can't even defend yourself everything's like everyone's wrapped in like bubble paper or whatever it just it, it just seems it was just like a no, a moment of normality to me do you know what I mean it, okay okay yes this is actually what happens isn't it it's not that someone can actually stand on a platform or be on social media and just say whatever they want all the t- like without any repercussions no there are repercussions your every action has a reaction that is just human life that's just how it goes so I welcome that normality in that sense However, I'm not going to encourage people to go out and hit people for no reason. Of course not. And also, there are repercussions. The LAPD, they had to make a statement and say that at this point in time, there's no charges are going to be brought to anyone because no one's actually um, reported anything. So that's, so there's that. So 
really and truly, if Chris Rock went to the police, Will could get arrested. We Can don't you know. imagine if he actually did that? He can't do that. Can you imagine if he actually did that? Yes, exactly. Like exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But so I'm not encouraged because there are, there are repercussions for your actions too. Do you know what I mean? But as Chris Rock said back in the day when I used to watch his videos, yeah, as he said, no one is above getting hit. No one is above getting a slap. I'm sorry. No. Because the people are too brave nowadays. They're too brave and they think they can say anything. And I'm just not, I'm not here for it at all. Uh, but I do think I can see how this could be like almost perfect PR, like to like such a beautiful, like it's such a harmony of perfect PR moments. It's unbelievable. So Chris has got a show here in London, right? It's sold out. It's sold out. He's selling more, he's selling more tickets. They go, all the tickets are going. Everyone See, I found myself looking at the post and just like, nah. Okay. Could you imagine? Oh, really? Yeah, because it's been the other way around. It's like he's having record sales now. Yeah. All show yeah. Yeah. That's sad. Really, leg is probably going to okay. sell out. Okay. Everybody wins. The Oscar wins. Will wins. Will's brought back some of his masculinity that he lost uh, through the through the entanglement. Do you know what I mean? He wins. Jada wins because she's the damsel that's been defended. Everyone wants to hear what Jada wants to say. The even the condition alopecia wins. Everything yeah. wins. Do you know I what I mean? I didn't think Chris Rock would win. I think Will still comes off looking like a legend. He still looks like a good guy. He has always yeah. been that nice guy. He still looks like a good guy. You're defending your wife at the end of the day. That's yeah. admirable. Yeah. I didn't think Chris Rock would come off. I can see now you're saying the sales, yeah, but people but are going to mess with him, really. I think he's always been, like, to audiences, I don't know about industry-wise, but mm. I think he's always been, like, a bit of that controversial character, like... He says he's in that Dave Chappelle kind of space, really and truly, like yeah. maybe a bit more of a palatable one. So if you have like fringe opinions on things and <laughs> do you know what I mean? You can listen to Chris Rock. So I don't think this is out of his space. It's really what he does next. And that's what everybody's waiting for. And like I saw on some, was it, I can't remember her name, maybe Cookie something on, on her stories. And she's just, oh, it will be, what he should do, his whole tour should be based on Will and Jada. And I'm just like, yeah. I, I don't, I, I was like, he's gonna have material for days. I don't doubt that. I can see that coming. I, can exactly. see that coming. I, I honestly didn't think anyone would be able to top the disrespect that Kanye done to Taylor Swift. I didn't think anyone could <laughs> Top this. This has topped it. It's topped it for decades to come. Like I just don't. I, what else could you do? What else could you do to top this, really and truly? Like see, that's so. That's where my thoughts go into. Could this not have been staged? If you really are like, we need a moment in time, a moment in history, and Will is participant in it he's or or for him to get the oscar all right this is fairy land thinking now okay, okay. he's wanted an oscar for years and everybody's known this he's wanted an oscar so if the, he's in meetings with people and they're like look for an oscar we think you're a great actor great but we need more from you and we need this to be like a real internet moment this needs to be like this is the revolution of the internet before we go into internet Point three, like you are going to make the old style internet. It's going to be that moment in time. And he's, oh, I'll do it. 
but th but they don't really concoct how he's gonna do it. That's why he walked away smiling because he was like, "Oh, I gave them the moment." Like he didn't know when he was gonna do the moment, but when the slap came and he's like, "I've given them the moment," but then he had to stay, go back into character and be angry. It doesn't make sense that you slap someone, you smile, walk away, and then get angry. Again. It's too it, it's too fake for me. I can't. You know what? You know. You know what? I hear you on the fact that what I thought was odd was how Chris Rock was standing because it was like he presented his face for the exactly. That's what I didn't like. And it's just he had almost like minimal reaction. And people are saying that just shows how professional he is. I don't know. I, I really don't. He was just in shock. Like that just Maybe. happened to me at the Oscars. Will, Will Smith just slapped me in front of all my peers <laughs> and everybody watching everyone but the thing is what i do so uh, uh, sorry a couple of random things so number one i think that this does definitely send a message at least even if it's just an underlining like thought that's being planted don't fuck with black women like that's i love that number two i really liked the fact that what do you call it like Denzel and Tyler and, and Samuel came round Will and spoke to him, although Samuel Jackson basically spudded him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. But I like the way they, they were like, oh, we're going to handle this. We they don't were need to. Okay, sorry. Another thing, the fakeness. Where was security, please? Where was security? That's why I'm just... I'm telling you, there's holes. There's holes. And it's Hollywood. I, it's probably weird. I don't know. So, but yeah. And I know that you're an agent in the business. So this is like <laughs> industry. But would you put it past somebody in your, like a board to come up with something like this? Do you I, think that's outlandish? I think it's outlandish for a board. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past an actor. Of course. We've seen people yeah. do that recently. Of course. But a board in their position... I just, I'd be interested to see what they do. What are they going to do now? You've got to come out with some sort of repercussion. What are you going to do? You can't take his Oscar away. You can't find him. You can't, yeah. you, what, you're going to ban him? Like, you're going to ban that family? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can't do anything. And the thing is, like, all these people, and it seems to be a lot of white women feminists that are mm. basically saying, oh, now they're, they're, they're scared of, it's just, come on. Seriously, are you right? Yeah. That was a question that I had. Because there are a few people that are being like, white people can't speak on this. What are you guys' thoughts on that? It is, I, is I, don't, I, I, I don't think I don't think a non-black person can understand black women's hair. I don't think they can understand why, regardless of the condition, why that's going to cut so deep. I don't think yeah. they can. On top of coming from a black man, or top of coming from what I assume is a friend, someone, yeah. they have been around each other for years in yeah. Black Hollywood, for years. You, ca you can't say that. On top of that, just Black professional to Black professional, then with all his work, he's done with good hair. It just, I don't think they can understand. Yeah. I don't think they can understand the weight of that. So I think they can have opinions. I don't think they can understand why it is going, why it's brought this reaction around yeah. I, don't think, I don't think it's going to land like that I, I think anyone can have an opinion about anything right whether your opinion is going to be respected like what is another thing it's just this is not about you 
this is the thing it's just don't center it around yourself because actually it's got nothing to do with you and if <laughs> these people understood that a lot of problems would just disappear but yeah no, i just i think it's just uncool for and also as well i do think that that will there's a couple of hollywood stars that are so well liked that not much can touch them i think the rock is one of them as well i not much can really touch them like i think he'll probably say he's done his apology yeah mm-hmm. He'll probably do a table talk with Jada. Yeah. Um, he'll demonstrate that he's doing some like counseling stuff. He'll donate anger management. To yeah, yeah, anger management. Yeah, like, just little sprinkles. I, I, I don't think this is gonna. And then when his next project, could you imagine when he launches his next project? Everyone's going to want to see what he's mm. gonna do. Absolutely, everyone's gonna be interested. I'm interested. I'm interested in what Lupita is doing next. <laughs> <laughs> seriously like i'm I'm just i no i i I think that we especially nowadays we live in this world where everyone has these such strong opinions and things and everything but they just ignore normal human behavior when there is an injustice to see that injustice corrected in real time is such a beautiful thing that speaks to something innate in all of us that's Mm. what it is so it's just you can't yeah violence is wrong yeah it is but seriously chatting shit is also wrong it's also wrong that's exactly how i felt about it i was watching it like wow oh my god you don't ever see that justice take place yeah like, not on tv like that it's usually in a film that's why i thought was this a sketch because yeah. it just seems so like when you're talking to somebody and you're like oh if they come and say something to me now i'm just gonna punch them in the face but it never usually happens like that it's always yeah. in hindsight that you're like, I wish I was there. Or, I would have said this. I would have done more. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was like that. It was like, yeah, no, who gets that type of justice? But if anybody is going to get it, it's probably going to be the Smiths. So mm. it just seemed too perfect for me. I was like, this is a brilliant like scenario to take place. But who's getting all the kudos for this? It is, okay, I get the other players involved. But overall, I do think the Oscars have won. I, I don't want to watch them next year. Like I want their figures to go back down again because <laughs> you've been shunning black folks and we made it for you again. This is what we do. Mm. We keep on making it for folks and it's annoying that this wasn't made for BET. BET didn't mm. get this much. That pisses me off. It was the Oscars. I know it isn't going to have the same weight and it isn't going to travel around no, the world. I, I think it will be, Maybe it would. be perceived differently. I think it would be perceived as like... like, like the blacks were just out there. More violence. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It would be perceived so differently. I think that because it's the Oscars, it's almost, it could be a, a, akin to back in the day when they'll be like, good sir, I have a quarrel with you. It's that kind of, it's seen as that type of thing. It's not like he punched him, he didn't kick him down, he didn't go to hit him again. He slapped him, although you heard the slap. <laughs> it was a big hand movement. You saw the stills, you saw his shoulder properly. Yeah. Seriously, it was a lot. But what I wanted to see, I wanted to see Jada's reaction as he was walking back, as Will was walking back with that little swag in his step. I wanted to see Jada's reaction because 
Jada on her red um, table talk, she talked about like in her early days from her relationship with Will, how he would do these big gestures and he would be saying, I'm doing this for you, but really he's doing it for himself. Do you know what I mean? So I really, I'm interested to see, more to hear her thoughts on it really and truly and how she received that gesture because it is, it's a gesture, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's a massive one. He's defended her, but how has she received that? I think that's an interesting point, though. Has he or is this to regain some of his humility that he lost with August? Do you think it's really about Jada or is it about a display of masculinity? I think it's probably a bit of both. I think he's probably a bit like, for fuck's sake. Um, I Like everything, it must feel like everything's coming at you. My family is constantly in the limelight. Now you're taking the piss out of my wife. In this space, I'm probably going to win an Oscar. I'm about to go on stage and you're doing this to me. I could imagine it's just, I don't care anymore. If if it was real, that's yeah. a big move to do that at the Oscars when this is televised to everybody. That's a move, isn't it? Yeah. You're, you're like, I, I don't care. This, yeah. this is how I feel. I'm going to stand in it and do that. I think it's amazing. I, I think it's amazing. I also have ideas of... And I don't know if this is purely speculation and just putting it out there that a certain drug can make you quite emboldened to leave what would be your normal faculties and be more grandiose in yourself. And it just felt like, could there have been a moment of that? I don't, I've never heard of Will taking drugs in any way, but I don't, I've never gone, I've never even gone to So I don't know how much of an emotion that would be. Like this is probably one of the biggest moments of my career if I win and all of those emotions going around in you I could imagine he probably hadn't slept and I know when I haven't slept my reactions are crazy and erratic and always on the edge because you're just like sleep deprived there could be a bit of that there could be a bit of alcohol but it just feels like maybe there is some type of stimulant in there as well that you would really forego everything in that moment to slap somebody on stage in front of the world, that's quite huge. Even if you are Will Smith, you're still a black man. You're still and a black man. LAPD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why I think it's so powerful. I, mm. I think he is just like, f it. I don't care anymore. I mm. am who I am. I'm going to defend my wife. And also, it is a heightened time. Being saying it's a heightened moment. He's done all his amazing work on King Richard. He's probably thinking about his speech if he does win, all about family and defending our love and our family unit. And he, mm-hmm. and you see this man who's your friend come and do that in your face. Yeah. Like you can see him, That's, they were so close as well. <laughs> it's a huge disrespect, isn't it, really? It's, <laughs> it's just so lazy as well. There's just no need to do it. it, it it's so vulgar for him to do that. And then on, let alone just he's a black man you should, there are other jokes you could have said this is and also come after will why are you coming after jada come yeah. after if you're a man then come after me isn't it do you know what i mean yeah. i just couldn't nah. what, what's the point what is the point of the of the reference coming at her out of every single act like i said yeah we're trying to come for her career talking about gi james she's not doing anything she is working legitimately working on screen and behind screen everything she's doing so what's the point in doing it? Just because you, it's just, he's better than that. And it's sad. It's sad to see. If it was, people have had more attacks for less things on roads. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's, 
That was true. Yeah, yeah. I was quickly going to ask: Did you, with regards to his speech, did you think? What did you think after hearing his speech? And did you separate the two things that the act that he done and that his speech about what was his main themes in his speech about protecting and love and those types of things? Did you think that was a people? A lot of people saying it. So you're like Jackal and Hyde, two different people. I, I think it was heightened from the moment because he's emotional. But no, I think he's always been about that. He talks about that and he's probably had to get into that headspace to play King Richard and everything he's done. And then he's come off the press run speaking in that character and talking about those experiences. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm naive, but I believe it all. I sat there and watched it and believed the speech and believe his emotional because it's in the moment. On top of that, you're actually winning an Oscar. That's massive. You didn't win anything for Ali like that. Yeah. This, 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 is a big, this is a big moment in your life. And everyone's there, all your peers. I be, I believe what he's saying. I believe he. I, I believe he's so in the moment, and and he believes it. That's where the emotions coming from. I think his speech for me. I thought it was. I thought it was a good speech, all in all, and it carried on the same theme, even with the slap. Like it, it all married well, very well. Like being like, and especially with having Serena um, and Venus's dad there in spirit as well just like what he embodied in in really being forceful for them that they are going to be great and will having a very similar thing with his family like our whole family is going to be great it I thought it came together like you can't then chat shit to my wife on this moment when I am really playing like the the biggest type of black fatherhood role that is out there at this moment I'm symbolizing this in myself and this character that I've played, you can't then chat shit about my wife. So it kind of all married well together. That's why I just think this is such a beautiful story. It's so Hollywood. <laughs> Who could write anything better than this? Yeah, I'm, I am so 50-50 on it. It's still, I still am like, yeah, no, it's brave because it is LAPD and I don't think anybody is above getting fucked up by them. So for him to put himself out there in that way does show there's a level of difference with a Hollywood star to an ordinary man, really, because nobody needs to try and do this, though. <laughs> Don't go about stopping people on TV or anything, because it ain't going to go the same way. It Literally, you have to be will to get away with this type of action. But if it was fabricated, then what's Jada's position in this all? She's the like, mastermind. Oh. <laughs> Because everybody always says Jada pulls all the strings in it. Like she has, I don't know, Jada's, oh, I'm going to think on this. But I still think there's a part of that kind of damsel distress. Yeah, but look, Jada's going to come change. under fire. Your family yeah. is going to come under fire. That is a lot of attention on your children as well. It, it, it brings light to everybody. I know it can drive sales, but the human element of everybody is now a oh, you know, potential target. That, that's so a lot. Nice. It's like a Greek myth, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's like yes, Helen was saying. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like it's, she it's literally like, her facial expression the world. started the war. Like, it's, just, it's just so beautiful. It's a beautiful story. Oh my god! If Jaden was in there. And he like threw his sword. Like if everybody came a part of it, that literally is a Greek tragedy taking yeah. place on stage. This is, but everybody around the world, you knew them anyway, but now you know them. 
Like, so if as a family, you all collectively are like, we are going to be the most prolific black family ever. If this, I don't know them to know that this could be their aim. But if that was, you've done it. Yeah. And if it only took one moment of slapping <laughs> another dude, <laughs> right, and you get away with it, if he went to prison, how much more prolific would he be? If he gets punished and this carries on, how, like, the legend keeps on going. Oh, yeah. Chris Rock would be disowned. No, Chris Rock would be di- disowned by the black unit. He cannot oh, yeah. charge it. He, yeah. literally he can't that. go to the police. Chris Rock yeah. is literally, it's so bad. It's bad, actually, from a victim point of view. He's the victim. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even spoken about him. Yeah, I mean, he did just get slapped. Yeah. He did, he did get slapped. <laughs> it's basically what? like, you know, when you have a fight at school and then, like, you, like, someone tries to bully you, <laughs> yeah, and you're the victim and you get suspended as well. Chris has yeah. got suspended. Like, I feel. I feel for him a little bit in that sense, but not if his ticket sales have gone up. I don't. Not if he's sold out of venues. I don't feel anything for him. Yeah, it's true. So I want to. I want to know what he's gonna. He needs to know. He needs to spin this perfectly. His his material for him, I think. His show is called Ego Death. I think this fits in so perfectly. Your show is called Ego Death. You put that. You've been promoting it for months already. Mm-hmm. how it, this is like the perfect ending to a comedy show that is titled ego death how my ego died on stage at the it's just it's brilliant comedy like this is I, I, oh, they may have oh, sat down oh, they might be black luminati they might actually be because this is too because if chris is in on it if chris will and jada are in on it Oh it's my brilliant, God. Though, isn't it? If they are, just the three of them concocted it, I feel like that is brilliant. It is. It's it's perfect, in fact. <laughs> but if, if it's just Will defending his wife and maybe a bit of his own ego, I'm also happy with that as well. <laughs> I can take you mm. for But yeah. It has been Shall we move good. on? Yes. So, guys, do leave drop your comments on uh, what you you think when we're talking and stuff, and we'll read some out. So, Miss K says, slap him, yes. Like Kalechi said in a post once, chat shit, get banged. Yes, she did say that, and I totally agree with that. Maybe the venue wasn't right, but he deserved um, to get checked. And uh, she also goes on to say, yes, Auntie Shade, I'm from South too. Maybe it's the South thing. Tracy says, Will Smith was laughing at Chris Rock's joke, and then he switched. ZW says, Will ruined the Oscar for some for some many people who were due to receive awards would you we didn't actually talk about that um maybe we'll come back to that and Flo says Jada finally saw the hood in him that she has been waiting for (laughs) maybe that super memory will now (laughs) will ruin in the Oscars for other people for other because someone I mentioned like Questlove he got um an Oscar for the documentary Soul Food or was it Summer of Soul and uh, yeah and there wasn't necessarily a lot of spotlight on him and maybe it was um overshadowed by this incident what do you guys think go on Auntie Nina what do you think I've seen some of when it's amazing so everyone go see it I I think that documentary is is phenomenal so the fact that it's won an Oscar would still it's still a phenomenal piece of work. Yeah, we are still talking about this and maybe not talking about all the other winners, which is a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. I don't, I don't think there's anything else to say. It's a shame. 
Yeah. But yeah. The, yeah. these, I, I'm more happy that Summer of Soul won. It's incredible and it should be recognized. And that's amazing for Questlove. And I think it might have been his first, not sure if I'm saying this correctly, I think it might have been his first documentary. So it's awesome. And a lot of that footage has never been seen before in Summer of Soul. So it's yeah. good. You see a really young, a young activist, Nina Simone a young Stevie Wonder. It's amazing. It's amazing. So I'm glad it's got recognized. Yeah, maybe we could have talked about that more. Maybe that would have got more more shine, but it's still got an Oscar. Still, yeah. that, that goes a long way for Quest on whatever he wants to do next and for that yeah. show itself. I, I, I agree. I've seen it and exactly the same sentiments. I thought it was brilliant. Oh. And I'm sure more people are going to just watch this anyway. Obviously, you, you never know how it goes, though. So even if this didn't happen, sometimes the other categories don't get the same type of shine. But the fact that you have Oscar affiliated with you, it still improves everything. It, it heightens you a hundredfold anyway. So, yeah, this is detracted from maybe more of the, the black winners and the people of color that have won that usually get celebrated in our community. But we've all been speaking about this. Such th This is what happens. But you still have that accolade to go on for your other projects and we'll get round to it. This will die out and then the celebrations will come through. I've been seeing Beyonce's footage coming, getting out there a little bit more day two. So it took a while because everybody had that picture. Mm. And now people are looking at the imagery of Beyonce's performance and that's getting a lot of shine as well. And again, just that being directed by James Samuel. Yeah, yeah. so cool. These, this news will come, may take a couple of days, but mm. it, it will still come out if it's still being pushed. It's still there and it's still amazing achievements. But also the Black talent, it would be great if that was just put on other Black shows as well and not just given to the Oscars. But I really do want that to be more of a feature. Just, you know what, we're so great. They need us. Because mm -hmm. last year when they didn't have us, it was dry and they had the lowest figures. I hope more people focus on that side of it not that you need violence either but, I mean who we're not the violent ones the fact that there's been so many people talking about violence isn't the answer especially from white folks I'm like you guys have the audacity to be talking about violence you're causing wars all around the world and now one man gets slapped in his face there wasn't even a fight and you're talking about violence is never the answer you bomb countries what are your thoughts yeah no you said it all both of you said it all <laughs> I totally agree <laughs> okay yeah so our next topic to discuss is Madeline McCann the Scotland Yard have finally said that they are going to be closing this case now and this is after almost two million pounds has been spent on it oh, sorry two I'm saying two it's 12 <laughs> 12 million pounds has been spent on this and we never found Madeline. Do you think that it, this is about the right time for this case to close or should it be something that's open like indefinitely? What are your thoughts on this, Auntie Shade? Definitely not indefinitely, no, because we, the, in the UK, we're, this is taxpayers' money at the end of the day. We're paying for this. This is what, all jokes aside, a little girl went missing a, lot, a, a, a while ago and that's hard for anyone. I think it's worse. Well, it's, it's terrible, but we can't. It, it 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 
it's just unfair to have those funds just in one place when there's just so many question marks about the how the case was handled and that sort of thing. And I, I think it's it would be lovely to be able to look for her forever, but are we looking for everyone forever? Like, why just this person? And I just think there are high rates of young black children that go missing every single year and you just don't get the same press attention. The news cycles are usually very short if you do thing and they're always criminalised or demonised in some sort of way anyway in the storytelling. And it's just not fair. So if you're going to do it for one, then you have to do it for all. That's my thing. Just make it sure that it's equal. But no, I just think it's just, it's just too much. And yeah, like it's just never, there's aspects of this case that have never, like we've literally grown up with this. It's just never with me. Do you know what I mean? At all. And I don't want to be cold, but like, I just can't get over the fact that they left the children in the first place like I can never get over that my hurdle whatever kind of thing but and I'm not saying that they don't deserve sympathy for losing their child because of that but at the same time there just needs to be like a little bit of responsibility and accountability on that part and I don't think I've ever really seen that and that 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 worries me so why am I still continuing to have to pay for this through no choice I I just don't like that whole setup so yeah and for it to end. Yeah. Okay, Auntie Nina, what do you think? Yeah, oh, I'm a mother. I have two children. And uh, obviously, you would want to always look for a child. You want to always look for your own child. So I would encourage them to keep on looking. I would not want the case to be closed indefinitely. But the amount of time, effort, money, energy, yeah, it would be nice for that to be distributed amongst all missing children amongst all these cases that are still out there I can't leave my children alone for that very reason in my head it pops up even if I think oh I could do this or pop to this or do this never would I do it in my head oh don't forget Madeline McCann I would ne- I could never do that it's, like you said we've grown up with it it's like a horror story isn't it yeah. it's like a bogeyman just horror story but it's real yeah it's obviously my heart goes out to any parents loved ones carers everybody missing and anybody who's lost a child and a loved one it's just a shame that like you said it just doesn't get we don't get the attention it's it's the priority it's not prioritized the effort the love and the care just isn't there it, it just isn't the same because I would like to say not being a professional that some of these cases could probably be closed by now the think the cases that are outstanding if they'd put this much attention to the details that have gone on to this case for what the past decade yeah that's that's a lot of energy manpower going out into the world there's a lot there's a lot out there and it's a shame for all the children that are missing so yeah I wouldn't want it I wouldn't want it ever to be enclosed indefinitely if there's like the cold cases option that could happen but it's not fair. It's not equal. And it's not even comparable, is it? And that's, that's sad. Exactly. That's sad. And it, it feels just simply that it's not priority. There's no other explanation for it, is there? Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, all, all of that. It's. I, I think now is the right time, maybe even a few years ago, to have closed it before they got this extra funding before to carry on. And it's all of that. It is like this case has been a priority, this one little girl and loads of people go missing almost every day. 
And the fact for me is the fact that she went missing in another country and it still carried on being uh, taxpayers that are paying for this investigation through Scotland Yard. I think that's one thing that the parents were negligent and left their child and the child was abducted. That's another thing. But there are lots of kids that go missing over here. And if they're not found within five, six years, those cases are closed and we don't even know their names. Mm-hmm. There's too many parts to it where I'm like, it just doesn't sit well that so much resources were spent on this one child. And yeah, I'm not comfortable with that. So it's not even, I feel heartless saying it, but I think it's the right time to put this to bed and focus on actually just keeping kids safe that are with us and in care and all of the, that 12 million is quite a lot of money in various different places that could have kept kids that really are very vulnerable, do not have parents and really need the resources of this country to help them thrive. I think there's better ways to spend money, but I do think that across the board in all fractions. And I think it's time now, who knows where she is and hopefully one day she will be found, but we can't keep on spending money on this one girl. We have Auntie Sade. Do you want to do the last story? No clock. Oh, okay. So, no clock. So, we talked about this. I can't remember what episode, but we did talk about this when these charges came up. So, basically, 2020, maybe. Yeah. There was a group of maybe about 20 women um, that came together. It was 20, wasn't it? 20 women that came together and basically accuse Noel Clark of, I don't know, what would it be? Not misconduct? Misconduct, yeah, kind of thing, with like sexual undertones of it. All of this is allegedly, I'm just pointing it out at the moment, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And what's happened is the police have basically dropped the criminal case against him. And uh, I don't think that people are expecting this. So what are your thoughts? Do you think that do you think that his name has been tarnished, unfairly tarnished? Do you think that he should carry on as normal now? Do you know what I mean? Do Does anyone owe him anything? And what this is a tricky thing that happens in these kind of cases where there's an accusation and it's not followed through with the police. Like, what should happen in these cases? This happens to whether the accusee is male or female. Have the police said, we don't have enough information we don't have enough kind of ammunition, but anybody that does have something to add, please get in contact. That's interesting. That actually wasn't added in the statement. It literally was like the, the this, what are they called in this country? I think it's the CSU. So the criminal prosecution service, they said that they don't have enough information to take it to a criminal trial at this moment. But they weren't asking for more information. It literally was like, we're closing it because we've investigated it. They said the police had investigated it thoroughly, but there isn't enough to criminally charge, to criminally prosecute him. Mm. But they weren't asking for any more information because I guess if they ask for more information, then the case is still open. So they've closed it now. They're like, that's that. The criminal stuff is done. We're not Mm. any further. So I guess... Um is like, well, if nothing criminal is going to be done to him, should he be reinstated into the industry? But there are still 20 women saying something has happened. Yeah. 
and, yeah. and what are we saying? You've got to be what assaulted on set and recorded and documented, and then have those tapes packaged, sent to the police. Then we've got enough evidence to move forward. Is, is, is that what is that what it is? Like that's that's what it sounds like. That's how you can read it, essentially, isn't it? Because it's I, I saw one person was saying that I can't remember exactly what they were comparing it to, but then for other kind of cases, the same amount of evidence isn't needed. And I get why that is like a pro and a con, because obviously it's a con in this way case because it hasn't been put forward. But obviously you want to make sure that you've if you're going to convict someone that you're right, do you know what I mean? And without reasonable doubt, to be honest, do you know what I mean? Because ugh, there's too many miscarriages of justice, but it just doesn't, it doesn't help the situation. I don't know. It's anyway, sorry, you guys speak. <laughs> I'm just... No, I'm just following on from what you were saying, actually, because I hadn't thought of it in that way of, the amount of evidence that they need to seem to be able to prosecute somebody when it has to do with some type of sexual assault charge or sexual deviancy or sexual inappropriateness to people in a workplace, it really does seem like you need to provide me with video evidence and somebody saw this taken place and all of that to package it. But mm. In other instances, in anything, you don't need that much evidence to, for at least a criminal trial to take place. Mm. He should be, yeah, that's because twenty women, twenty women, coming saying forward, something has happened. That yeah. in itself should be enough to be like, and he apologized. He did say that his conduct isn't like he, yeah. he said he was seeking help. Yeah, and you can see that. So, his what are you seeking help for? If you've done nothing, what, what are we doing? The word, I think, I remember this. I think the wording was almost like, it's one of those, if you felt like that I had done something, then, then mm. it was, it, it was But he's definitely said, I am seeking help. I'm mm. looking to better myself. He's definitely mm. gone down that line, hasn't he? Yeah. So what is it? If, if you've done nothing wrong and you are happy with all of your actions, what are you seeking support and help for? Yeah. I don't think professionally he could recover and you know what really burns is he was in such a beautiful position yeah. so like you've worked for years we've seen him grind from day to be leading yeah. on that sky show and to have that cancelled with him and ashley to be two black male leads that doesn't yeah. I, there's no other show that's doing that and it will be ages before another show could ever do that we just don't like to actually have the talent that we could all that has the stamina to lead a show and has the following who else in that we know can do that right now so that just hurt that really hurt when that all came out but no I, I don't think he oh it's a shame isn't it I would love if he could recover professionally as a fan I do feel horrible saying it as a woman yeah. He should be banished and he shouldn't be anywhere oh, near. I feel awful for his children. I feel awful for his wife. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be allowed <laughs> to be existing. And I want to give everybody grace and great, go and work on yourself, go and develop, go into therapy, do everything you've got to do. But as a creative in this industry and rooting for black creators and black shows and black production, it's a big loss. Yeah. His production company as well, let alone as him as a talent, it's a big loss. And it's, it's really heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? I'm, I'm, 
Oh, go on. No, well, that's what I'm conflicted on because I'm thinking of all of the people that had put in so much time, not just in his career, in their own careers, but were affiliated with him, especially yeah. on like, um, was it Bulletproof? Yeah. Yeah, on Bulletproof. And that I, I was such a fan of that show and all of the actors and that being pulled and all of the, the crew. And it's just like, that to me is heartbreaking because there are so many people involved. This is their break and it's one man. And it is just, in a way, I think this is how people get you though, because that was probably the train that Harvey Weinstein was playing on. There's so many other people involved in your train. They also then become complicit in your train not crashing because their train crashes as well. And that's where I'm like, I wish this hadn't have happened because there's so many other talent whose career was halted because of his shit. Mm. And it just feels, can't we just remove his shit and put Kano in Bulletproof and <laughs> just don't have no love. That was a really good show. Like It's, it's just, a good show. I yeah. wish there was like ways to just got him out, but things that he was affiliated with, because there was such great talent carried on without him. Well, the thing is, I just think it, like if the victims are to be, be believed, yeah, mm. what definitely was a common theme, not just by these women, but also what is maybe talking industry, that there was a culture of manipulation, bullying, blacklisting, surrounding That's this true. person. So it, yes. you, when there's a cancer, you take it out. You scut it completely. And what that leaves is room to heal and also a new opportunity to come in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's just, we have to be, careful in, the, in in terms of like how the industry is structured and obviously Nini you know more about this but like you can't yes barriers were broken for sure but if it's just upholding a model that just allows power to be misguided and misused yeah, mm. yeah. I'm sure the, the dynamics well it's changing you just mm-hmm. cannot do you, you cannot act like that anymore and mm-hmm. we've all been in the game for a while I was in situations like many of these women are describing. It, it was rife mm-hmm. when I was working as a model and actor and it was commonplace and it's something that, that happened. And unfortunately, it was very, very normal. It was very yes. normal and it was, everyone knew it was happening. So when, the, when this came out publicly, everyone had those feelings of not feeling comfortable with the, with the manipulation and the power dynamics, like you said, the industry talk. Mm-hmm. People felt comfortable to talk about that and, and their experiences, which is great, but it can't happen. So as much as I never want to take down a black man, I don't ever want to take down a black creative either. He he, It, it would be great if he go into therapy, great if he can work on himself, but I'm not sure what you could do to repair the damage. Right. It's colossal what has happened. Again, even the loss of Bulletproof, of what it yeah. does as a show, it's colossal damage yeah. that you, it's just appalling. It's appalling yeah. and, and, it, and it's awful. And like, like you said, it, it can't happen. We can't condone it. The, the industry also can't be okay with it. So whatever happens, if he enters the industry again and whatever realm i'd be interested to see what projects if 
projects could get backed and get funded and get support and how it will be received. I'd be interested to see that. Yeah. The thing is, like, bad, bad carrot get second chances all the time, especially in this country. Like, you don't, if you look at, oh, what's that guy? The Top Gear guy. Yeah, Jeremy Carter. <laughs> he, he was accused of berating his, his crew. But someone going to fund him, someone going to, is a network going to stand behind him and put him as a lead in a show again? Is a network going to give him... I mean, I pray, I'm thinking... I'm production. Thinking top gear he's worked yeah. yes he's worked but as a black man are you going to be well, able to go and step well, foot on a set again and leave the show? i'm not sure i don't think yeah that in this uk that that is impossible at all because i yeah. think there is this culture of well he said he's sorry so give him another chance he didn't get convicted you reckon every time his name gets googled Every time you go to press and do premieres, yeah. anytime anything comes up with your show, all of that will come up. All of those stories will come up every single time anything happens. And, think- and there's one thing to have a slap and have that come up when you're watching King Richard. There's another thing to have misconduct <laughs> <laughs> allegations coming up when you're trying to no, push yeah. your new show. It's, it's true. It is for, That's true. But I think give it about five years. Let's see. Because yeah. there are things you can do now. So I'm pretty sure he would probably work with his team to get some of those links not showing up when his name is Googled because he wasn't convicted. There's a case for it. So mm. I'm pretty sure he would. And it's just like, I can imagine, like, <laughs> but it's like, I'm back, bitches. Do you know what I mean? What are you going to do? No, but. You know what no, I mean? Like, it would. It could. Happened, and I, I just want what I guess what I'm concerned about is just like, hey, if he comes back, like, what is what they are people just gonna go back to normal? Okay, so this is the guy that everything, or even if he's not front facing, he doesn't have to be front facing, he could be behind the scenes if he yeah. really wanted to be. He'd still be yeah. that position of gatekeeper. I, I, I think there are some practical things that are happening, intimacy coordinators. Mm. are now commonplace on set that's something that we write into all of our contracts yep. along with some other things for protection when you, um, say we, when you say we who do you mean oh as in agency in my day job i'm a talent agent so if anybody has any element of intimacy whatever that is i'm not talking about actual sexual unity but any intimate moments which mm. could be anything a hug a touch anything intimate we write in there needs to be a conversation before with both the talent, it's written down of what that is going to play out like on set, and that's agreed. So movement by movement, moment by moment, you understand what's happening. So if something changes, that needs to be written out again and agreed. So you can't just go off, you can't go off piece on set. And then there's also an intimacy coordinator on set. There's a professional like like a medic, Mm-hmm. Like that sort of role, there'll be that person, there's that body now that this role exists where they're on set. So some of these things can't happen. Casting directors have more power to not. You can't ever ask for anybody to remove their clothing, to do anything for an audition video or an audition space either. Right. Not that you could ever, but you really can't now. It's industry guidelines. Yeah, we have unions that we all talk Agents have unions, casting directors have unions, and we all talk and they work out new best practices, which then gets used throughout the board. So Netflix have intimacy coordinators standard on every job. They have policies that they write that they send out before of 
about misconduct or harassment. If you see any of these things happening, if you feel this way, these are this is what you do. Come to here. There's a dedicated person you can speak to. So that's big productions and that's how it should be run. Obviously, there's still small, short films, there's independent films. And I'm not saying these things can't happen, but it is getting more difficult. And I would like to think people feel more empowered to call things out and to say things there and then. I would like to think that it's, it is changing. But yes, you're right. He could get finance, he could get funding and he could get into production again. I'd be interested of, of who would actually back that though. Like what net, where's the actual, where's the big push coming from? What network is going to stand behind it? Because even for commercials now, so even for commercials on TV, the production company checks the talent social media before. That's wow. mm -hmm. a little advert you might see on TV. They're doing a sweep before the contracts can get signed off and approved. Wow. So to work at a certain level, as I'm saying, I just wonder, yeah. yes, we can all do our own self-funded projects, but to get onto the big streamers, I would wonder who would be able to do that. Self-funded. That's it. It's, it's just, I think this is my ongoing thing <laughs> that I think about <laughs> my random thoughts but like how do you really stop someone with money and power like yeah. how can you really actually stop them do you know what I mean I, I I think it's a very difficult thing to do so even these 20 women do you know what I mean that they, they've come together it's you would think it's a big number there's a pattern of behavior these kind of things and it hasn't happened in this case you know, well, you'd, you'd like to think that we all put our money where our mouth is. Mm. Everybody was upraged and sorry, who uproared and who was outraged by this will stand by it and not book him. Yeah. And not feed into it. It's, it's, it's now five years on. Like, yeah. like you said, are, are we going to start forgetting things or are we going to let things slide? Or is it, it, are you speaking to somebody who's hungry on the way up and still, you know, wants a name attached to their project? But if, we're, if we are standing by what we said, we've just protested for, we've just written about, we've just cried about, we've just tweeted about, if we're doing all of that across the board, then it can make a difference. It can actually mean something. It can stand in its own weight. But if we're all just going to be uh, romanticized by it all. I can see him sliding. I'm, the few groups that I'm still a part of, the women's groups, it was definitely like a clear maybe 70, 30 that were like, he hasn't been convicted. Everybody was going at him. We should let him through. There was a clear type of sentiment of he hasn't been convicted mm. and wow. women just go at black men like that. Yeah, it, in quite a few groups. So I was quite surprised. I was like, this guy was totally like cancelled. But time... There's that time and space. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't want to admit it, but they actually are really, it's not just men that are against women. There's lots of women that are against women as well. Yeah, of course. You can't live in a patriarchy and not have sentiments that are rooted in that. So it just felt, yeah, there's a lot of women that are like, we want him back as well. And I can see that taking place. Give it a little bit more time. I do think in five years, I would not be surprised if he isn't on screen, he will be doing producing. And and also as well, so heaven forbid this happens, like, but say 
or say that let's say like a person doesn't get convicted comes back into the industry does something again are you going to believe that person is that person going to want to come forward do you know what i mean you're yeah. not going to want to say anything do anything like it's almost like you give you've given them ultimate power now because no one's going to friggin believe you no one's going to believe you and even if they did nothing's going to happen anyway because this is what happened when 20 people tried to come after me then we need 40 then you need 40 women coming for it well why did it take 40 women it took about that much for um crosby it took about 40 women coming forward it should Mm. but this is this this is the thing like I, i i'm i want to be hopeful but it shouldn't even take it. It should just. It shouldn't even be one. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It yeah. just should. It should. We shouldn't be there, even if it's that one. You should be cancelled forever. And it's like, such a shame. Like, I don't want to um, downplay the amazing achievements, the amazing work he's done. He is a phenomenal creative. Everything he's done. Everything he's done. I, I but, have issue. Okay, I'm sorry to cut you. Um, mm. But I, I have issue with this because it is your work amazing if you've done it on the backs of abuse is mm-hmm. your work actually amazing do you know mm-hmm. what I mean like, that's the thing I can't like it's the same with R. Kelly like as well I'm not saying that the same people actually, no I understand you know yeah. I mean? it's just like you know you're talented but you're abusing people your abuse is feeding literally feeding into your music do you know what I mean like how can I enjoy this it's, it's icky. It's the ick. It's horrible. I know, but you did enjoy it. But we no, but I struggle with it as I well. I wasn't aware. Yeah. I wasn't aware no, no, of, none of us were. No one, none of us no were. Yeah. You should be repulsed to the point that you're just not gonna. It, it takes. A, it should take away its merit because it wasn't pure in the begin with. That's maybe that's my internal thing, but I just struggle with that because it's like, did you pave the way or did you just crush a whole bunch of people so they couldn't get ahead and you did? Wh- which one is it? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Look what happened to I saw that in real time. It's horrible. What happened yeah. to him is horrible. I'm it glad is. that he's like, you he's know, got his film coming out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm really glad that's happened and stuff. And again, everything I'm saying is allegedly as well. But I just think, I just think like there could have been two, there's nothing wrong with having those two streams. They could have sat, sat side by side. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's only because you want to be a dictator when mm. you just created everybody in your path and you gave no shits about anybody, to be honest. And I, I just think that is, I can't admire your work. I, I see what you're saying. Because it's actually, is there genius there? Is there like a real stream of creative consciousness? Or was you suppressing everybody else who was running concurrent with you that could have overtaken you and could have done something else were you removing them and your talent was allowed to flourish but theirs was crushed we don't know but as somebody that is in a position of power he also has been accused of stopping a lot of people's progression yeah so yeah it is that's a it's an interesting one because it is like actually are you that talented or did you suppress talent could we be further along if somebody else had his access we don't actually know because you stopped it it's really it's muddy isn't it Mm. it's a really good point we we definitely could have been further along just with the bulletproof alone just the cancelling of that show yeah just seeing that that show doing well gives way for other shows to come through yeah for more to come i hate i do hate that 
I know. I hate it as well. I know. How annoying. I but do. it's, it's course, isn't it? It's what they do. It's it's why then we become complicit in pushing through like, or wanting shit to stand because it's like once that's removed that we may now have to wait another 10 years before somebody gets that. That's what's so tricky about it. That's what's heartbreaking about the whole thing. I hear exactly what you're saying. And and as a woman, as a black woman, I totally believe you. I, I want him to be to never work again. But at, at the same time, I'm like, you've got a family. It's really <laughs> tricky. You're a black man and we've watched you. But of course, it, you it's... You was like a teenager. It's really... I, I, I would love to be in a room with him because I really want to tell him off properly. But like, I really want to <laughs> have... I would, I would, yeah. If he got a slap out on road and it was filmed, <laughs> sometimes the universe provides. But I want him to know that there's so many people just watching him and we're really rooting for him. And that responsibility that when you are a gatekeeper as a black man, it's not on you. You are carrying so many other souls with you, just people watching you that are like. I want this guy to win. I want him, I want his productions to go through because he has black people in it. It's, you have so much responsibility and for him to be a shithead with it is hugely disappointing. And it's it's not as simple as when people are just on the internet and tweeting and cancelling somebody. It's actually, no, there's genuine feelings propelling your trajectory. And when you let us down, you need to know what you did. It's not just you not, eating for a bit or being visual like actually no I had hopes for you an individual there are lots of us thousands had hopes for you and you let us all down sometimes you've got to tell somebody in their face I don't know if he cares I don't I, I really don't know I just think there's a lot of bad people there's a lot of bad people in like they, let me just say that there's there's a lot of people in positions that are not good people man that they just don't care about the average person. They just want what they want and that's it. They just want to get ahead. They want to accumulate as much wealth as possible. They want to hold their positions and that's what they care about. And they think, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that this is him, but I think there are characters out there that just think you're a mug for even believing me in the first place. You're a mug yeah. for even watching my shit because actually you're just a punter. You're another month, whatever I put out, because I'm in this position, you're going to consume it because it's, that's, this is all you have. So you're going to consume it anyway. So I, I, I just can't, I think, I think they need to fall from grace at such a height where they, in <laughs> <laughs> like clear imagery of a splatter on the floor and their brain. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, so we kind of like, I think black people who hold these positions, they, yes, I agree with you. They need to understand that it's us that's powering them. Do you know what I mean? And they wouldn't, if we didn't consume the stuff in the first place, they're not going to have that position. But if they mess up, if they're abusing people, if they're mistreating people, nah, the, the, the repercussions need to be so severe to understand that you can never, anyone that goes into that position next or has the, the opportunities, that you can't do this. That's why I'm saying that we have to stand by what we've just said. Yeah. We have to stand by it. It's yeah. just, and in the same way, it's just so difficult, isn't it? Because we all feel emotionally connected to him and his work and his journey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a hard yeah. one. I don't know. 
Okay, <laughs> now we are going to get into, let me roll up my sleeves. We are going to get into Nina Malone's business. Oh, okay. So we section <laughs> where we, do, we, <laughs> we get in your business, we ask you questions, we, like, we want everybody to know what you're about and all your achievements. And just, yeah, this is where we really do interrogate you for a little bit in a nice Wait, way, as aunties do. Okay, pressure. Okay. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. It's, it's, it's not, it's just like friendly banter amongst the aunties. You know how yeah. they do. Um, <laughs> first question is from me, actually. So we just want you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do. Okay. <laughs> Can I just start with an easy one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm Nina Malone. So in my day job, I work as a talent agent. My passion project is Dope Black Mums. So having a safe space for black mothers, celebrating, amplifying, just showing positivity. There's a lot of times where the black woman and black mothers are shown grieving, we're shown in so many ways. And I think there's other ways that we can be betrayed. Uh, No, I love that. I love that. So... I feel like I've known you for a long time, although we don't, you know what I mean, we're not super yeah. close. I've yeah. definitely known about you, about your work kind of thing. And one thing that I remembered about you is that you weren't actually born in the UK, that you was born in. And when I found out, I was just like, oh, a bit, I was a bit surprised. But could you like <laughs> tell us a little bit about your upbringing in Jamaica and how maybe that compares because your children obviously are born and raised here like mm. how does that um, compare to the UK way of bringing up children so. yeah I was born in Jamaica born in a tiny um little place called Spaldings it's it's in the parish of Manchester I think great first of all I obviously didn't start off with a British passport so that caused a lot of issues when trying to travel and work and do things that we may all take for granted so I am grateful to have the privilege of having children who are born here and who have access to a British passport that's a big difference but obviously Jamaica's amazing I think it's great to get outside of England being the center of everything and only being able to survive and thrive here I think on a kind of day-to-day day-to-day thing for children being in Jamaica, being in the majority, walking around, only seeing black faces, does something different to you. You walk taller, you stand differently. I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. And then just the the nature, being able to, like Negril Beach, I learned to swim on Negril Beach. So So being around, being able to really touch things, learning, how to navigate that world and just be in the real world, I think is amazing for children. Seeing those big, expansive, open spaces is amazing. You don't often get that in certain parts of England and definitely in London. So that is good. My my house in Jamaica is on a orange farm. So again, seeing these big vistas help and it also helps prevent Alzheimer's that Mm. that is great growing up with real natural home-cooked food all of that I love the advantages of obviously having children here the passports the access it is amazingly useful and I'm very grateful for it so I'm not sure if that's what you asked me what's the difference or yes yes born in born in born in Jamaica a lot of people don't always double take 
I mm-hmm. think because of how I speak. But I was actually born in Jamaica, then I went to DC, to Washington. Um, okay. And then randomly moved to Bristol. So having gone from like black, yeah. <laughs> like, and then, and then that was weird. Cause everyone was just like, your accent's weird. You're just, you're like, what are you doing? Your hair's natural, what's happening? So school was fun in Bristol. <laughs> Me, the only one in the village. But yeah, yeah. Who's in Bristol for? Say that again. How long was you in Bristol Ten for? 10 years, 10 years. 10 years, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, wow. So the end of primary school into secondary school. Okay. Yeah. And you came to London? And then I went to Cambridge to do a dance degree. I went to stage okay. school in Cambridge. Then I came to London mm-hmm. um, to work. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I did know that you did on dance. Why did I know that? See me in some music videos from back oh, of the day? Yeah. <laughs> from the age two. Oh, wow. Yeah, or maybe okay. yeah, the gold bikini from um, the Brits ages ago in the US when he's had all the like golden girls. Oh uh, yeah, so that, that's my era. I'm old. That that's how long ago I was active on the scene. You're the foundation, Nina. What are you talking about? That's when that's when we were about. Like, <laughs> okay, sorry. No, we are. Uh, I swear to God, I I feel like that was the Mobos, wasn't it? No, that was the Brits. It was, that the, was the Brits. Brits. Okay. What did the Mobos do? I don't think I don't don't think I I haven't I didn't do the Mobos. I did the Brits a few times. I remember seeing that, but I feel like I was there seeing the girls go through. But at that time I was styling. But I saw that golden and I'm not the parade of like a hundred girls naked. Yeah. But yeah, no, that was that's crazy. I yeah. know there were probably loads of things that you did and I was probably like... Don't just, Google. Yeah. Are you quite embarrassed by that era? Or... Do you know what it is? I think now that I'm an agent, I just think it's a bit weird. If, if you Google me and you see everything I've done, you're like, you've done all of this and what? So now you're an agent. Do you still want to be on stage? And, yeah, you know, yeah. what do you want to do? I, I think it might be confusing for people and actors really need to feel uh, secure mm. as everything that they've got going on, everything they're battling and just how crazy the industry is for them. I think because of how old I am, mm. internet was just kicking off. So I still... When I was working, my agent was still sending me paper contracts. We were still doing things on like landline. Yeah. Meaning that if you Google, there won't be as a many as tons of like embarrassing yeah, images yeah. and that sort of stuff. It, it, it's not there, or my it's name will be linked to. Yeah. It won't be searchable. So yeah. um, it's not that much you can search. And I was I modeled wasn't like a top model, so it would just be a girl in that catalog. It wouldn't be. You would Are you were on? Next up, I was. Yes, I was. I was. Yeah. I was. Yeah, yeah. Brits Next Top Model, like the second season of Britain's Next Top Model. How leads on to my question, actually. So, with your modeling, was that the dream? No, that wasn't. I wanted how, to be a jazz singer. One. Yeah. I, I wanted to sing jazz, yeah. Wow. I, I like Billie Holiday. I just, I loved it. I loved it all. And basically, my stage school were like, you should just model. Why not? Why don't you just do that? And uh, I was like, well, I don't want to model. And I remember coming out of a singing exam going, oh, God, you're just, 
you, you could just do this you could just model you wouldn't need to do this and I was like well I don't I want to do this I really want to do this so I applied for agencies and uh, I worked as a dancer and I worked as an actor but modeling is is where I did it's where I got more bookings in so it was it's always difficult for me no I didn't dream of being a model I loved being able to travel the world I loved being in these amazing sets and locations and doing all of that and I I went everywhere and shot with everyone that I loved and I I got to travel to some amazing places but I was surrounded by a lot of people I didn't connect with it, yeah. it a lot of people on a different agenda in modeling some people are like you should just go and date a footballer and that would be really good for your PR and go and do this or get, get, get snapped coming out of this club. I was just like, that's not really, I don't think that's not an aim of mine to do that. And fair play, if that is your trajectory, if that is what you aim for, awesome. I'm happy that you can be honest about that, but that's not what I was into. So I do, you don't have I do. that much creative control either. You just are like, you, you are a hanger. You, yeah. you are a blank canvas can you create, can you make yourself into this? Can you mold yourself into this? So no creative control at, at the level I was at. If you got to, okay, the next stage, then you could maybe go in and have a conversation about what it is you're doing. But majority of the time, you don't have any creative input in it. I do remember that about you in terms of every time I came across you, you were always nice. And I remember a couple of things about you that you were Jamaican, real Jamaican, were always super nice and you were so bloody hardworking. Like, mm. I just, I think probably outside of my circle of people, probably one of the first, okay, she's a high achiever. I definitely saw that about you just, oh, whoa, like you're on a different work ethic. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it makes sense to me. I wasn't the best model, the best singer, the best dancer, but I had passion and it made sense. I was like, oh, I just have to get more jobs. I just have to get jobs like this. Oh, the producers, the directors, the art directors, the DOP, they make decisions. I need to have, a, I need to database them. I need to send them some little Christmas cards when it, you know, the time comes. I need to do all of that. I need to keep on working work. This is how you get more work. So it just made sense to me, but there are, there were by far more talented professionals around me. I just, I like working. I like feeling useful. And then when you do get onto those jobs, it is a bit addictive. Like being on sets like that, it is wild getting flown to wherever you just, oh, okay. And you, this is what's happening right now. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I had a great time. I had a great time doing it. Lots of, yeah, lots of other stuff, but, but the majority of the time, amazing. Yeah. I wondered, because it obviously, like, because I ran a modern agency around that time, we were very young and didn't know anything, but you definitely was just like, okay, whatever Nina's doing, this is, do you know what I mean? Like, some of my models were just like, okay, watch her, because she knows what she's doing. <laughs> match her energy do you know what I mean because you was just always on point and also having I I never and it, at that time a lot of people had very like grand ideas I think mm -hmm. do you know what I mean or like thought that because I don't know this was the area of like maybe like the video model and stuff do you mm -hmm. know what I mean like, so like a career path was being formed almost at that time but people wanted it right now do you know what I mean and it was just mm -hmm. like 
having ideas of grandeur, grandeur really. But I always saw that you was, I'm not saying that you wasn't ambitious or anything like that, but you was mm. always very grounded. Do you know what I mean? Like, and just like laid, almost laid back, but not, but yeah. still working at the same time, which is very rare. So you yeah. have this like very, really intense people. Like, you weren't like that at all. And yeah. like, where did, well I was really grateful like it's a wild job to do and again it's not something I dreamed of doing I did it because I can it's not it's not to be born with certain bone structure or a certain height (laughs) that's that's not anything I've achieved that is down to my my parents so I was grateful to be in positions I was in I was grateful to travel and I got it. Like I got that this is a game. This is people taking it so seriously. And because it's image based, you can be like, oh, but it's because of me, because this eyelash is out of place or because I'm fat and because of this and because of that. Like I got it. It just it makes sense to me. And like I said, I, I was surrounded by some amazing models that we know that are still working today, surrounded by awesome creators and talents that that who have achieved amazing things. I think I just liked the business side of it I, I liked the people who made the decisions I was like okay this makes sense I appreciate even more so now being an agent I appreciate the agent's role and what they do and I get you can't do it on your own and I just it just made sense to me but I also didn't take it as seriously you can't take because it can get taken away in a second any of us are two steps away from being in situations that um that we don't want to be in so I I was always took it with a pinch of salt and again the industry is fickle isn't it and you're and and, and I'm in it being reminded of every single day I'm on set with people who are telling me I'm fantastic telling me amazing telling me I'm this telling me I'm that who were airbrushing me who are retouching me there on the other side of the room you're taking the shot you're sitting in a massive screen and they're being like can you do this can you do this can you pull this can you do right there and then the shot's getting sent over somewhere else to have more manipulation more yeah. this, more that, more tweaking. And that you just said I was amazing. I was taking it, but trying not to take it too personally because it can really affect the way you look at yourself, your understanding of what beauty is, what worth is. And it's not real. I can see it's not real. So yeah, I tried to always just go into it with that approach. And also I was the only one, I was always booked as the token, the, the non-white person with... Um, a blonde and probably a a redhead at the time that was the most diversity me as a mixed race woman I was just I was grateful to be there that's interesting because it's not in our rundown but I remember at that time I was styling for pride and rewind magazine yes right at the beginning of the emergence of mixed race women mixed race big hair so not mixed race in the hair yeah Yeah. kind of everywhere mm-hmm. and yeah just as you fitted that profile I'm thinking did you do Vodafone I swear I have an image of you doing a Vodafone advert I did Samsung yeah so new in it so it's like I remember seeing that but was you really aware of okay my look is particularly in and it could shift to somebody else I, I've never, I was aware that the mixed race girl yeah, yeah, the mixed race girl with curly hair was yeah. a look. Yeah. So when I did cut my hair, it was like catastrophic for my Jamaican and American family. They're like, well, what have you done? Why have you cut your hair? And then 
in the industry, they're like, wow, you've cut your hair. What are you doing? But yeah, it was definitely a look, wasn't it? The mixed dress girl with the curly hair. Yeah, that was Why what mixed dress girls looked like. Why did you cut your hair at that time? It was got, I'm, I'm not my hair sort of oh. thing. And I knew, I just always wanted to try short hair because it can get so um, limiting. You have to stay the same measurements. You, go, you can't change your hair. You can't do anything. You've got to stay as your head shorts. That I was just like, let's switch it up a little bit for me. And I was older in the game then. So I was like, I know I can work. I'm capable. I know what I can do. So it didn't affect me bookings wise, but everyone was like, why have you done this? Your hair, <laughs> what are you doing? But yeah, it was definitely a look, the, the mixed race girl with the hair. And I'd, I'd done that. Everywhere. Next one. Next question that's actually just confirmed is also... So tell us a little bit about your work with Identity Agency Group. Like, what okay. is it that you do? Yeah. So by day, I work at an agency called IAG, Identity Agency Group. We have Black-owned. Majority of our talent are non-white. And I oversee a board, like the de- developmental board. And I have a list on IAG, IAG as well. Yeah, it's great. It's nice to get talent on TV that's non-white and it's also nice if when it's their first job so it's the best thing ever it's the best thing ever getting somebody to to getting them to when people are looking for outside validation it actually being confirmed that you booked this job and then when they're actually on set and they're doing the job that second when they wrap and they call me they're like oh my god I was amazing and I did all this and I, in my bones in my blood I know I should be here those phone calls obviously my favorite phone calls but yeah so basically day to day I am helping supporting actors and I have some models working film and tv so there's models in there as well there are some models on there yeah yeah or we have a training in in acting though but yes you may know them as models auntie nana we think that we should be actors okay um so um it's so cool we actually have spoken so we had a convo and we're supposed to do this like last year we were saying, okay we're gonna join up to identity okay we even were like had you on our list to come on actually this was me and auntie Sade chatting about it it was like we're gonna join and we're gonna start going to classes and neither of us did this and right <laughs> this is a good start aunties good as start. we are in our 40s yeah which doesn't matter by the way but yeah okay. Okay. And okay, so you're saying this doesn't matter. Why do you want to be an actor? What do you want to what do you want to achieve? Fame. <laughs> what, <laughs> no, you can't do it for that. I don't, I don't, I'm joking. No, you know what? I've always thought of like doing acting lessons because I have issues with like public speaking and yeah. um, even though I'm doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know, but it's a chat it's actually a challenge for me, do you know what I mean? But I do it anyway, kind of thing, because I want to get better. So I've always thought if I, you know, uh, acted that maybe I'd even become even more better. And Absolutely. then also I wanna be able to tell stories and be different characters and all that kind of stuff. Like I think that's fun. I used to do that with it my sisters. <laughs> And stuff we would go to Sainsbury's and just change our accents and just be different people <laughs> do you know what I mean like and do our weekly shopping but it's just that imagination and you should go to class you should the, the the techniques and the methods that they can teach you will definitely would help with public speaking and confidence and body language projection all of that technical stuff but just the idea 
that you want to play other characters. I think the thing is empathy. If you can empathize with mm -hmm. others and in their position, that's the biggest tool for an actor. That's what you need. If you have that and you have the passion, then go for it. You have to have all of that because it takes so long and it's so hard and it's so horrible. It's such a vulnerable position to put yourself in day in, day out. And obviously tons of rejection that you need to love. You need to love it. I think that's the thing for me. So I, my degree is in media performance. And when I left, I was really like, yeah, I'm going to be an actress, like just set. This is what's, and I probably went to two auditions. One of them was Storm Damage. That I think it was one of Ashley Waters' first jobs. And so I was sure I was getting this job. Like I was mm -hmm. so sure. I was gassed by the casting agent. Because everybody's all... so nice and everything yeah, you are. So yeah. nice, Everyone's nice. I got a call back and I'm I'm just like, oh, this is mine. I've got this. And then at the end of it was like put in that group where you all go and they oh. carry you in auditions. And I was literally like, this is shit. Like I thought I had this job and yeah. just decided, yeah, no, this isn't it. I know how to sew. I can do fashion and went into styling. From that, it was two auditions. So I've always had a thing of you didn't really try. So there's a part of me that you should probably just give it a whirl. But then as the years go on, I'm like, you're so old now, really. Do you, like how many roles are there? Being what what playing age? What what playing age do you feel you're at? Can't you tell what? us? 30 to 40. There's yeah. some wicked head of the CIA, assassins, all the killing oh, stuff. Yeah, you can do all that. But, but I see these briefs constantly. Jack Ryan. All these shows that are casting that are shooting here, by the way. Jet Ryan's shooting here. Season four yeah. of You is shooting here. Killing Eve is oh, here. Yeah, using British yeah. What? Is that what your oh is that what your post was about? I was just yes. Like, oh my god. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, so yeah. All of that. Okay, all of you're just shooting. telling this to me. You can do it, honestly. The the I think the age thing, everybody feels like limited by their age, but there are loads of roles. I actually get really excited for characters that are 35 plus because the pool is actually smaller, the talent pool, and the roles are so fun. Like I said, getting to run around Prague and be an assassin, that's just fun. That's always going to be fun. Yeah. And you, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, I had somebody who was 35 plus, like the, all the line of duty stuff, they were all older roles. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, that's fun. That's fun stuff. So the age doesn't matter. It's the empathy and the willingness to put yourself in this position, this vulnerable position, day in, day out. Like how that felt when you didn't get that audition, doing that a zillion times over and over again. Ninety percent of the stuff that comes in, you're not gonna book. So it's going into it and being able to maintain a healthy lifestyle within that and live in it, that's hard. That's really hard. Day to day, I have calls with actors and just checking on mental health and just take a break. And there's some charities that offer free therapy for performers. Just every day, something. I have one of those calls every week. It all adds up. But if you if you want to do it. How do you, when you're working with an actor that has like trauma and stuff and they're dealing with roles that also play into something like, what are like the safeguarding for those types of people? Yeah. 
them. So this is how it is probably changed from back in the day. Casting, first of all, before you even see the project, will say, these are the sort of trigger warnings. These are the issues that this project is dealing with. Actors must feel comfortable to be able to work in this space day in, day out. If you don't feel comfortable, obviously, it's probably isn't the project for you. And then on set, there are therapists or drama therapists that can be brought in as well. But day to day dealing with talent, I'm before when I bring them on, I'm like, have a think about what stories you want to tell. What do you want to do? And then obviously, I'm looking for those sort of projects. And then just asking them to check in with themselves, mainly making sure that they have a team around them. So just people who get it, they're their little safe space because often friends and family, and I'm working with a lot of non-white talent, mm-hmm. this this sometimes isn't the first choice for your that your family want for you. So like you have to have actors or creatives around you who get it, who get what you're doing, who get the stakes. So sometimes obviously they're doing their day job, they're coming back taping for projects like you and sending it to me at one o'clock in the morning. It's like, you've got to have people who can support you doing that. that, That's difficult. So it's about having those people in place. But then urging the actor to think about all their trigger points. And yes, obviously, sexual scenes could be a trigger for someone, but also touching someone's ear could be a trigger for somebody else. So you need to know what your sensitive issues are for you what your what triggers you and these are sort of things that we're talking through with potentially a intimacy coordinator before and also before we go into a project and then also every time someone takes for anything with any very heavy issues or nudity yeah at every point I'm like only if this resonates with you tape for it I'm I've had people turn down Game of Thrones tapes turn down new tapes turn down all of those sort of things because the type of role one reason and for religious reasons because it's dark arts that sort of stuff but as you go along the process I keep on checking are you sure you're okay with doing this are you Mm -hmm. sure because this content will live forever this is not this is not a stage play this is film and tv this is going to be digitalized and live forever are you okay with this do you so with that do you sorry I'm going off script a bit but I'm very interested in what you're saying (laughs) I understand (laughs) (laughs) do you think that you because what you talk that that's caring isn't it do you know what I mean you're caring about the person yeah thinking about their longevity and stuff and everything like that and sometimes I feel like it seems like some actors almost like a conveyor belt kind of system for them do you know what I mean and I wonder whether is it because you're working with non-white talent and that resonates with you while you're going that extra yeah it's because I've been there and I've been in I've been in these exact situations in disgusting times, mm-hmm. you know, when you are the only one, when you bring in your makeup, when no one understands what to do with your hair, all of that sort of stuff, been there, lived that for many years. So I know that I'm going in, going into it with that sensitivity. Also having been talent, I get the stakes. I get how you can just be like, it's so important. You think this is everything. And if you don't get this job, your whole life won't make sense. I get the, the stakes that they put upon themselves because I've been there. I haven't been in a director's meeting with someone like the directors for you but I have stood in front of Pharrell and blanked I have done that well I am I've gone down to all those final cuts for all the girl bands and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and, and and bottled it so I do get that feeling at the end of the day if you tape for something that you do not resonate with along the line it's going to fall down at some point if you don't really have empathy or want to play this character it will collapse at some point so yeah. What's the point? So I'm telling them, 
think about this. Don't take for Game of Thrones if you don't want to do this. If you do not feel comfortable with this nudity, don't do it. If they say they feel comfortable with the nudity, and then every time you get further down the process of you do the audition and you do the recall and you go and meet for chemistry meet and the directors meet at every stage, I'm like, do you still feel comfortable? Yeah. Because you can change your mind. When it starts to get really real, oh, I'm going to be on set and I'm going to have to do this and this will live and all my family will see it. Yeah. Is this what I want? There's nothing wrong with nudity. I'm just saying, is that what you want to do? I have those questions daily, <laughs> all the time. So I give that level of care because I care. I really care. And I want everybody to win. And I want people to book jobs and I want them to book the jobs they want to book because then the magic happens. Then you get the beautiful moments and then that's what they're also looking for. I think that's why they're coming to us as an agent to try and help them you know, navigate these moments. And also I wish I had somebody who's doing that for me, who had my back like that. Yeah. I've been there when you've been the only one. For instance, someone was doing a nudity scene on a big Netflix show and she asked for a merkin, which is a cover cover for your vagina. And the hair uh, was blonde. And I was like, this is a black woman you can't you can't do that you need to think about these things we need diversity across the board so you need to have somebody who can go and say these conversations for you and also say why that should have been flagged way earlier you should never get you should never be in these positions so you want somebody to if someone could I brought my makeup with me every time just in case you do you do all that you so if someone it's I'm happy I can do that for other people basically Okay. I love that. I love that. Okay. All right. So we're moving on from identity and going more into your motherhood and mm-hmm. how you juggle. How are you juggling it all with two children? Yeah. How yeah. does that work? Because it, it's yeah, no, it, it is. And I've got young children. You know what? Taking it day by day, I give myself a little high five at the end of every evening. Even being here right now, I was like, where can I put the camera to like, so you can't see like the paint stains, the handprints, <laughs> everything, <laughs> the, the smears on the couch, the super potato mashed into the wall. I think you've got to give yourself, um, you've got to be kind. All these things that we say to each other and we say to our children, we've got to say to ourselves. I also love working. So having a daughter, I want her, I want everyone to see, but it does feel special that I want my daughter to see you can work. And you can have children if this is what you choose to do. This is how you choose to, to mother. How am I, how else am I doing it? Right way, way back in the start, I had caffeine tablets. I was like, I simply cannot function with this lack of sleep. Whilst I was still breastfeeding as well, I had some caffeine, yeah. some like awful internet caffeine tablets. Now I've progressed to Holland and Barrett caffeine tablets. It's slightly nicer. But yeah, really trying to use my time really efficiently. Like doing the washing up whilst listening to Oprah. Everything is trying to do trying to just use my time as efficiently as humanly possible mm-hmm. um yeah and then every so often it, everything it doesn't work and it all collapses and you know <laughs> it all goes wrong but majority of the time that's the that's why I'm how I'm going into the day whether it yeah. happens like that okay so moving on to podcasting so you also have a podcast don't black mums can you tell us a little bit about your journey with this where it is today the highs and lows that sort of thing yeah yes i have a podcast releasing weekly yeah i think right now i'm trying to not put pressure on myself so i'm pre-recording trying to find conversations that i find interesting the whole point is to showcase black women and black mothers share everything that we can do motherhood is hard 
So yes. anybody that can give us any little hacks, anything that's worked for them, anything, whether it's practical or emotional, anything, I'm like, give it to me. I'll take it for myself personally. And if it can help anybody else, awesome. So that's always the main aim. And just to try and score any myths, like last week we talked about estate planning. It's horrible. You know, we won't think about it, but we should think about it. So anybody that can help us navigate that, anything that can make it a little bit smaller is the plan. So I think, yeah, now recording weekly, but trying to pre-record to take the pressure off. Yeah. Are you like batch recording when you do it or are you doing no, it? No, I'm not batch recording. I'm recording remotely. That's another thing that has made it much easier. I'm recording after nine o'clock, so after bedtimes. And I'm usually recording with mothers and I'm recording way in advance because sometimes as it happens, people have to cancel usually yeah. due to mother, mummy stuff. So yeah. I'm like, it's okay. I'm not putting pressure on anybody. You have to reschedule. It's all good. Another reason to pre-record. Yeah, and just trying to find topics that uh, come up either in the WhatsApp group, in the Facebook group, or just general things that, that come up that I wish I had helped had help with. Yeah, so talking about everything. Lows are sometimes I'm like, why am I doing this? What is the point of doing this? And then the highs are when someone comes back and says, this was brilliant. Like I've done a podcast with a little girl who has alopecia and her mum. And just talking about what black hair means to females, yeah. how we can find our validation and beauty and, and hearing this from a seven-year-old. I was like, this spurs me on, keeps me going. Those are the highs when you get to have beautiful conversations, but any feedback from other parents messaging in, just saying this gave me the confidence to come out to my parents this gave me the ideas to go I've gone and started my booked in a meeting thinking about wills that sort of stuff it's good it's good yeah no I, I love that I love that I didn't know that it was back on whatsapp so when you first started I was in the group yes and when it moved to slack yes 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 I don't get, I don't get yes. slack yeah, and, that's, and now, that's funny. Yeah, so I, I then I trailed off because it was like, oh, yeah, Mac. yeah, just get it. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. So now there's three WhatsApp groups, wow. and there is a private Facebook group, and take it or leave it. If there's something you want to talk about, awesome. If you don't want to talk for months, awesome. As I do as well. Sometimes I dip in and talk. Sometimes I don't. It's there if you want to share anything, celebrate, moan, bitch, rant, whatever you want to do. It's a space. The common commonality is we're all women, all black mothers. So you have that baseline there, mainly from England, but there are some people from outside of England. And yeah, you can just talk and, and share if you want. It is totally down to you. It's free. You don't need to you don't need to share. There's no pressure. But it's there if you want to. How can um, people like get on to Black Mums now? What do, what do they need to do? So on the website or on the Instagram page, there's a link tree and there's just a sign up page. And all we need to verify is that you are actually a black identifying woman who has a child. That's it. So asking for you to verify that with some socials. And yeah, WhatsApp group. Some people find the WhatsApp groups moves too far. So there's the Facebook group. If you want, obviously there's the podcast. Open to everybody, as to say, anybody who wants to come and talk, any black mother wants to push, celebrate their business, anything. It's I want to celebrate all of us, I think it's easy to post and talk about Beyonce or uh, Serena Williams as being amazing mothers. Awesome, they are, but there's a lot of other people doing great things on the ground that we all know. Someone's just written a book, let's talk about it. It's, it's 
it, it's those women that I find really interesting. And that could also inspire another woman who's doing exactly the same hustle. Everybody's working full time and you've managed to write a book at nighttime. Awesome. Like I said, it's brilliant to celebrate and talk about Serena, but there are other stories that we can celebrate right here. So that's the point. So not posting about famous women or influential in black influencers and talking about mums on the ground doing whatever they're doing, pushing their latest fun run or their book or just talking about their posts, showing their baby bumps, everything and anything, mm. but just black mothers. Do you, do you see yourself as like a leader? No, no, I would, I would, <laughs> I'd absolutely, you, you, you're like a reluctant leader because this yeah. is, is your literally like service. Like this, it's like your gift is service. No, I, I actually sit there and think I wish I could be doing more. But so I sit there and think there's a lot of, we've got one life and there's loads of things I'd like to do. No, I would never, ever, because I don't think I am a leader. I think I'm simply amplifying someone who's just written a book whilst having two kids, whilst doing it on a lunch break. And I think that's amazing. And I can post it. Whoever sees it, it's not, just, it's not just that though, because it's you're actually cultivating community as mm. well in a, in a world that doesn't like that for us. You know what I mean? I, I hear you. I hear you. I think it's a WhatsApp group which is free to set up. You know, mm. I think it's everybody's in the WhatsApp group that's that's supporting. When women come in and I need help, has anybody got either like a practical remedy of teething? This my child just refuses to go to school. What can I do? And when that conversation happens and you're like, ah, or you realize it's not just my child that's refusing to do this. Yeah. It's those, it's those moments at the community. I simply have said, here's a WhatsApp group, which is free. Send me your number and I'll add you. I do not think of it as a leader. I think of it as simply that I can. I think you are. Mm. And maybe that's leadership. Like dodgy connotations to it mm -hmm. in like how people portray it sometimes, but I think you definitely are being a part of the group. You was always very welcoming to everybody. I think that's mm -hmm. a sign of good leadership because mm -hmm. if everybody can go into a space and feel like there's one person that's are you okay? Use this space, like get in contact with people. They just set the dynamics of this is going to be a nice welcoming space. That to me is a good leader. That's leadership. And you set that groundwork. Like you, I got the invite from you. That to me is leadership. And you was always very gracious to everybody. It never kicked off on that. I don't know how it could have gone on. But when I was in there, and it was probably for a good year, it was like yeah, everybody yeah. was super nice and chilled. And I think you set that tone. That wasn't coming from anybody else. That to me is a leader. Do you know what? I'm just looking for any space where we can get a little love. Like I find life difficult and I find walking through life as a woman, as a mixed woman, as a black woman, difficult. I think it's painful and I see this all around me. I see all of us. I see it all and it makes me sad and I have children. And it makes me sad and I'm just like anything we can do, you can have a little space just to be yourself and be unfiltered and just chat your chat. Yeah. Brilliant. You haven't got to put any airs on. Just say what you want to say and just almost taking your bra off at the end of the day. You can just, just, like, yeah. just chill. Then that that makes me happy. That is what 
that that is what I see it as. Well, it's brilliant what you're doing. So keep going. <laughs> Obviously not at your detriment. Yeah, it's definitely impactful. Yeah, it's impressive. Shall we jump to the next section? Yes, my dear. Okay, so this is quick fire round. Okay. Got my drink, okay. <laughs> the these are these are quick probing. Go on, Auntie Shade, okay. you are first. Yeah, what first comes to your head, nothing too deep. But can you give me three of your dope, truly dope characteristics? Three dope characteristics. Big laugh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> dope characteristics. Natural hair. Okay. Yeah, we love that. Dope. No. Music. Oh, do you know what? Do you know what? Actually, do you know what? Yesterday, me and the kids, I put on a junglist. Yeah. I yeah. put that on and um, just had a little dance. And I'm doing that quite often, putting on junglist or soca music. So that's that I think is dope. We're having little dance parties. But I'm trying to find, yeah, jungle, basically. Love that. Love that. Absolutely love, love that. None of you should do that too. <laughs> It's a standard lead, and literally it is this jungle and garage because that's all I love. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And, it, and it's, good, it's good energy just to burn before bed, just have a little run around. Yeah, just let them go. Yeah, yeah, turn the lights off. Let's just go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So you have a boy and a girl. Are yeah. your kids well trained? Oh, no. I wouldn't know. I'm going on the path of letting them be who they want to be and I'm here to navigate their journey all that sort of stuff so no not going down the kind of training route but letting them say whatever they want to letting them express themselves be themselves in the moment so no in that in for that reason no they're not well trained what kind of auntie do you know what I'm the auntie that will always be at the the kids table at a wedding I love being around kids and I'll be playing the games I, I would actually be with the kids over the adults like <laughs> I would be, yeah, the kids' table helping with the balloons and doing a lot of games oh. that all day. I can so see that. Yeah, you have that temperament. <laughs> I can so see that. Oh, I, 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 I naturally navigate towards children, and yeah, I like being around them. Oh, lovely. Okay, all right. So, tell your favorite aunties because we are everybody's favorite auntie something that you haven't told your mum or dad. We want a juicy secret, even something that you may not have told your best friend. We, we really want like a juicy secret. What sort of things have other people shared right in this moment right We've now? Sexual exploits uh, and bad behavior so far. Bad, yeah. bad behavior. Yeah, I suppose there's, there's there are a lot of sexual exploits that I haven't shared with my mother. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, modeling, you get yourself into a lot of spaces and a lot of rooms and everything always felt a bit open, a bit like you just, you just never know where the night's going to take you. So I, I found myself having a lot of fun. Yeah. So threesomes, that, that sort of, Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the fun if, if, that, if that's what we're sharing. Do you hear this stuff about models? And I'd always wondered, is this real? Yeah. Like, models but and you, dancers. You, you yeah, but do you know what? Because the energy is always that, that buzz you get from performing. Yeah. Yeah. They're living in that space because it's always slightly on. 
Mm. And if you're around other performers or if you're on set and there's a camera on, you you are actually on. So it's, you're always living in slightly... Fruity is the wrong word, but it feels like it's always just a bit... It's a bit just, just, just a little... And, and obviously everyone's gorgeous and everyone's very nice. They're all very nice people. And you're in like Mauritius or whatever. You're in crazy locations, yeah. alcohol. Sometimes, not that we ever condone this, but there's not that I did this, but drugs delivered to the set, studios, all of that sort of stuff. So the atmosphere added you being hyped to be on set with all of those chemicals and vibes running around. Yeah. Yeah, all, all that stuff does happen. I'm not, I assume it still happens now. I haven't, I'm like out of the game like that, but it, it was always, there was all, it was always on. And then also for like after parties or you'd be on these locations and you'd be in, a, in an amazing hotel room and everybody's there and you're not in your normal environment. So yeah. it all feels open. So yes, threesomes and those sort of fun things that people may think is freaky. Okay, so now tell us something that so tell us like a highlight, something that really that you're really proud of. I met Stevie Wonder once. That Ooh. was yeah. I'm not sure if you remember when he came to London. He came to the O2. And I love Stevie Wonder and I never, I didn't think he'd ever do a concert here. I never thought I'd meet him and I got tickets and I was really excited. I was waiting for my friend and I was waiting at the merchandising bit of, of the O2 for her to come. And I was just chatting away like I do by myself to the, the people on the stand. And then this guy came and stood next to me. And as I was looking through all the kind of merchandise, I said, oh, who's that guy there? And it was Stevie Wonder's brother. And he gave us all access kind of backstage passes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, people say this, you didn't think you'd do it, but I was like, we're sitting here and he came and found us, gave us the passes. We watched the show and then went back set and had this jamming session. And I've I've met, fortunate enough to meet a lot of influential people and famous people. And I've I've always been fine, doesn't bother me. But Stevie, I was like, I had to take myself into a corner. I was like, right, what am I going to say? What do you want to say? I had to give myself some like party line because I knew I was going to just be like, well, you're amazing. I love you. Just like completely lose it, which I did, even though I gave myself a little pep talk. But yeah, that was cool. And just being backstage and like that jamming session afterwards, where it was just the musicians and just, yeah, it was one of those, it was one of those moments you're just like, this is amazing. So yeah, that was a good moment. Cool. Love that. I'd love that. Do you have a family saying? Is there a saying in your family that has gone around that you absolutely hold on to or you fervently reject? (laughs) My mum used to say safe and sensible. And she also used to say, just be not trying to say this, careful with how you cut your weed. Basically, don't (laughs) lace it with anything. Um, (laughs) I love that. (laughs) <laughs> that all that always um stayed with me and she used to say that because I again used to travel a lot and all these modern jobs used to travel myself I used to travel myself but you're obviously with the crew yeah. um she always used to say that sort of thing before I before I flew just be careful um yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one though actually yeah it is 
And it's like, because the thing is, obviously your parents want to wish you well in it, but obviously the nature of what the business is. Mm. Like, you would know. Awareness. <laughs> yeah, it's just the access, yeah. And just to be aware as it can go left really fast, yeah. can't it? Yeah. Especially if you're abroad, especially if the yeah. only female, if you're young, I was very young doing all of these things. So, yeah. And I've obviously we've all seen that happen. So it was just a... Keep yeah. your wits about you. And our final question is, you have a choice. Either you can give us a dilemma, want us to solve, because we're great at that, solving things. We give the best advice, being the aunties that we are. Or we can give you some unsolicited auntie advice. I can give you a dilemma that happens to me basically every day at work. Okay. So we get these amazing auditions for actors and... We ask them to do their tapes and sometimes they have to do a US accent and they put in lots of effort. Sometimes they put on, you know, they go to lots of lengths and put on different wardrobe and all this sort of stuff. And they tape and send me all these different options. And they all ask, what do you think is the best options? Do you think these are good? So when it gets to the deadline and you have to send it off, basically, how would you tell an actor that this isn't good enough? I'm not going to send it off and... You're going to miss your chance of being in Game of Thrones or you or Batgirl. This is a real dilemma. (laughs) Because now remember how excited they are. You're excited. If you got to tape for you or Jack Ryan or these shows, Bridgerton, the offshoot of Bridgerton, which is casting right now, all these projects that we love. And and basically none of them are working. It's not None of them are working. No. It's not going to go. No. Oh, my God. <sighs> okay. But you have to keep, you have to G them up because you need them to tape and still obviously work for you, and not work yeah. for you. You still want them to tape for other projects, just this particular project, the tapes are rubbish. This is hard. Like, I'm truly, <laughs> really like, no. like, anguish. Like, oh, my yeah. God. I would um, be like, okay. They need to know you believe in them still and you will still yeah. push them for other roles. I feel like I'll be like, right, what I'm going to say to you is going to be <laughs> difficult, but I don't want you to be disheartened, right? Because this is a process and we was almost there and I saw all the effort that you put into all of the tapes and you gave me so many options. But Do I'm I have time to retape though? But what if I just retaped? What if I just retaped and sent you a better option? Do you think I'm good enough to book this role in Jack Ryan or in Game of Thrones? Unfortunately, we've run out of time. And also, although I think, like, I think the world of you, I really do. And I think that there's so much, you've got so much potential. You just need to keep going. You just need to hold on there. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. So we can't go forward this time. But what you need to do is, if you could, I don't know, can you send them links and stuff? Like, if you look at this for the next opportunity and make sure you put your heart and soul into the next one, then we'll see where we're at. But unfortunately for this one, it's not going to happen. But you've done a really excellent job. I'm really proud of you. That's what I would say. I love it. Not love bad. It. Yeah, not that bad. was good. Like the progression, it's just all in there. Yeah, it's the hyping up. It's like hype master. But yeah. Not this. Yeah. yeah. Like, but still keep them. with that. Yeah. Because you can't crush them either. Yeah. Because this is the industry. The majority of the time, you're not going to book it. But a, a tape will come in tomorrow. And then what happens is, but will you still push me? 
Will you still send me tapes? Will you still get me opportunities? Do you think I can do this? Do you think I can land this job? Or do I need to get, aim lower? Should I not aim for the lead role? Should I check, just go for supporting? Oh my God, that's too hard. I can't <laughs> tell somebody that. Yeah. Okay, so just like re <laughs> Remember, Nana, when you were like, I've got this. I've got this audition. I've booked it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm done. That's me in my personality, though, is usually like I can hype myself up and then when it fails, I'm a bit like, oh, shit, how did you miss that? Because I've so gone into this is yours. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't be somebody's agent because I'm going to hype them. And then it's go it's going to be long because I'm just I'm going to send it. I'm going to I'm not going to be an effective agent. OK, so then if you send, it, if you send it and it's crap, you then risk losing you you risk damaging your relationship with that director that producer that casting agent yeah. that network and will they send you season four of bridgerton mm. will, will you get in there i'm not i'm gonna be shit this <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be destroying careers <laughs> i can't oh my i'd never thought of it like that yeah you're that kind of bridge but yeah i can't do that i can't yeah. do that because i can't tell them Everything Sade said, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I could be the hype person behind her. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tell them, yeah. but I can't and, do And then I get, but if you could just, if you could just explain to the casting director, this, there's so many ways to play this role that if I could just have a meeting with them. Oh, no, God. not possible. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think I'm a pretty good motivator. I can motivate people. Like, I think because yeah. of what I've done in, in terms of work, you often have to get people to do things under pressure like in a short amount of time like everything like with own events everything yeah. do you know what I mean against you and you're always on a timeline and mm -hmm. people work best when they're happy and when you get the best out of them do you know what I mean I know how to get the best out of people I think I do yeah, so, yeah it's, 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 it's but it's that was a good one it yeah. is it's hard like that like what you're saying to do that on a daily that emotion because yeah. it doesn't stop you feeling their stuff do you know what i mean yeah we Why? get the reject as well we, yeah. we get it first they say your client hasn't booked this sorry it's not going any further and they literally give you that much if that they give you that much description so then the clients why did they give like, any other feedback i'm like they literally just said these five people didn't get the role we sometimes they give us blanket statements that we can't give any further feedback mm. they just didn't get it another thing will happen is you'll book a job you'll do it it gets to the edit and then the role gets cut and then you have to have that conversation and I've had to have that conversation last week for oh. a project that rhymes with schmarvel and <laughs> it was disgusting oh my it was horrible <laughs> can you imagine can you imagine yeah it's horrible and no. I'm like, I need a drink. I need a drink and a cupcake after this. Yeah. This is this yeah, is yeah. hard. Shade, yeah, are we like, still gonna go for this? Because well, I, I I'm not trying to be an agent. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. See, we would. I, I don't even want to want go for jobs. Like what? <laughs> my no, role gets cut. Like, yeah. Role gets, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's oh my horrific, god. isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah. I think because we're mature as well. Yeah. I don't. This is, it could go either way, you know, because I could just be like, oh, okay, no problem, take it on the chin. Or I could just be like, my yeah, fucking life is like, I can't function. I can't get yeah. out of bed right now. Actually, <laughs> yeah. if you find out who the casting director, I'm going to actually go down there myself. How about that? Why didn't I get the role? Yeah. <laughs>
Oh my god! Yeah, wow. Yeah, I've got no, a lot of respect to you. I really do, and I've got yeah. a lot of respect for for your role as well. Because literally, you're making kings and queens of tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? That's your job. And yeah. and that's how gorgeous it feels when you book somebody again. So I've got a young black girl going into season four of you. It's her first job. That's amazing. Come on, that's your first job, and then. That's Kids. Someone else will see will see that and be like, oh, I could I could do that. Yes. I could get into acting, and you never know what that could do. And that's a show that we you know we all have access to, and we can all watch. This is not, yeah, it's accessible. It's great. It's great when those moments happen. That's cool. I love that. Love it. Okay, we have moved into our sad, mad, glad section. This is the final section of the show. Look at this. I'm first. Okay, so I was sad. I told you guys already, I hurt my shoulder, heart attack, none of that happened. It was just a sprain or something. So I'm fine. But that did make me sad because I was thinking I may leave this mortal earth and be watching you from afar. But yeah, I'm still here. I was mad watching GMB and they were discussing Will Smith and Chris Rock. And her name has gone out of my head. The one that used to work with Piers. I want to say Sandra, but I don't think that's her name. She's got brown hair. Suzanne. Yeah. I I found her really racist, and she was referring to like they were school children. Like, what if a school guy, a a child in a playground, is now like Wilson's hero, and he he could go and slap somebody? It was just like this is really like Mm. trivializing this situation and making these grown men like really infantile. It pissed me off. So, yeah, that made me super vexed and I wanted to call in and argue with her, but they don't take calls. And I was super glad. On Saturday, we all got together and we did a show. It's Colourful Radio and it's called Owning It With Viola and it's going to come out on Tuesday. And all of the aunties were together in a studio and that was really fun. And then we did like a quick photo shoot afterwards as well. And I got some good pictures. We collectively got some good pictures and you know that we need good pictures. So that was super fun. It's always good when we're all together. Like Iola was totally like, you guys' energy is really high. There's lots of bouncing around when we're all in a room together. Yeah, she was like, you can feel it. And I was like, this is, we need to be in a studio and I'm always pushing for it. And she was like, yeah, you do need to be in a studio. So yeah, that that made me glad because I'm right. (laughs) Always. always. (laughs) Um, So my sad is actually about this musician artist, Chica. I don't know if you know her. She's like a rapper, a US rapper. And she, I follow her stuff. She done like this freestyle. She like got a lot of kudos and stuff. She's like super, super talented and her career is growing. And she attempted, so trigger warning, she attempted um, suicide over the weekend, which was really just, do you know what I mean, that super awful thing to hear. And it just made me really sad. Do you know what I mean? That someone, not that you obviously have to be talented, but she is so talented. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I just wonder what support she's getting and whether, I don't don't know. I just hope that she gets through what she's going through. I don't know. I just want her to feel better. (laughs) Like, obviously, yeah. So that's that. My, My mad, what have I been mad about? Nothing. No, my mad was... Will and Kate's response to 
um, the Commonwealth tour because I th- I was thinking, what the hell are these guys talking about? Just apologise for slavery, first of all. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. That just made me mad. And I just thought, like, they, they shouldn't have done the tour in the first place. Like, their whole kind of thread was just nonsense. And damn right, you're not going to be leading the Commonwealth when it's your time. Um, to be honest, the monarchy is on its way out anyway, so bye. And then my glad is... What is my glad? My glad... <laughs> my glad kind of is because i'm here for the drama i really am will slap in chris (laughs) 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 i just thought it was just a great cultural moment it was a moment for the culture let me say that it was a moment for the culture and it just normalized things for a little bit and i just yeah i'm just happy for the moment and all the memes it's generated because it just gives me so much joy. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, I am sad that my actor got cut. I'm sad. All the yeah. hard work that goes into it, all the like getting to the final rounds, all the work, and then final edit comes out. That makes me sad. I'm mad for Jada. It, it, I'm mad that she's in that position. I'm mad that she has to feel anyway when she's just sitting there being herself. If it makes her think anything about her appearance, her self-worth, anything, that makes me mad. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. That is lovely. Um, we do have one extra bit from you, if you have it. It's something on your hit list or a don't piss me off, or something that you just want to share with everybody to watch or listen to. It doesn't have to be negative. It can be positive. Oh, okay. Positive, I suppose my little win right now. Two things. The maple pecan twists that you might get, Danish pastry, Mm -hmm. going to any supermarket, Tesco's co-op, Aldi, and they do the frozen ones, so you can get four frozen. So if you buy them for, if you buy one, they're usually a pound or ninety p something like that. But you can buy four frozen, and just anytime you need a little pick me up, you can put it in the oven. It feels like it's freshly baked. That's been my little hack, my little treat to myself. And then yes, yeah, soaker with the kids. That's made me happy recently. That's made me glad. What was the actual question? Anything that you think people should like watch. Or something that has pissed you off. Yeah, Jada, again, that's pissed me off. Just her having to defend herself for absolutely no reason. What do I think people should watch? Bridgerton season two. Yes. It's amazing to see a whole Asian family. That's awesome. Makes me very happy for all the kind of young Asian followers that might be watching. Obviously, Simone Ashley is also with the agency. So that's awesome to see. Yeah, what else to watch? God, there's so there's so much riches that's coming out soon. This is an all British black cast. Gonna okay, be aware so I'm not aware of this. What's it called? Riches. Yeah, you will yeah. be aware of it. You will be aware okay. of it. Okay. When is it coming out? Soon, probably the end of the year. It's gonna be all black British. So it's the kind of first of its kind drama succession-y type. Oh. It's awesome and um, lucky to have have some talent in there and just really excited even just seeing the briefs come through I was like this is a first of its kind this is going to be groundbreaking 
and with loads of amazing, no American talent, only black British talent in front and behind the screen as well. So it's, yeah, that I'm really excited to see. Love that. I love that. I love that. Okay. Thank you, everybody that's been watching with us. We have come to the end of the show. And so what I need you all to do is if you're listening to us, please leave a review that you could be listening to us on Apple or Spotify. Please leave us a review. Give us five stars as well. And just <laughs> celebrate the aunties because we really do want to be rich aunties. If you are watching us on YouTube, again, please leave your comments on there as well and, and share and subscribe. And then also, once you subscribe, press the bell so that whenever we go live or upload, you know that there is new videos out there and your aunties are going to be giving you the best advice and our opinions on everything because we are the greatest aunties on the planet. Aren't we, Auntie Shade? We are indeed. Why, <laughs> why even ask? Why even suggest we are? We're number one. <laughs> this is it so yes please do and and we will have our patreon set up soon as well so get ready with your coins and they it's going to be super affordable you can subscribe to us and you'll just be helping our production and hopefully auntie nana will get her dream of us all being in a studio together every week recording so that you get the auntie vibes live and direct and we don't have to be doing it remotely because i love to see my girls and i'd like to see that every week so yes Please help us out. Patreon will be coming soon. So get your coins ready so that you can subscribe with us. And we have been your aunties. I am Auntie Nana and I've been here with... Auntie Shade. Honorary Auntie Nina. <laughs> there we go. Auntie Nina Manone has been our special guest. Again, getting like, definitely do go onto IG and start following Dope Black Mums and all of the Dope Black different there's dope black dads we've had marvin on before there's dope yeah. black queer there is dope black disabled there's a whole gamut dope black women yeah dope black women dope black men like definitely please subscribe to all of them because they are creating a dope black society and all of us should be a part of that as well so have a lovely evening and thank you for joining us see you later mm -hmm.